afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 264 of the Hoots Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are right around, let's see, 36 episodes away from reaching 300 of these uh, ridiculous, fun, entertaining, thought-provoking conversations circling around the world of professional wrestling. Welcome to the program, everybody. It's just truly the nefarious brother, Adam, a.k.a. Josh Lopez, uh, here live on YouTube. is recorded this on a Thursday. It's July 4th, 2021. Happy Canada Day to the people out in the north. Um, shout out to Alicia Atute. Uh, shout out to Renee Young. Shout out to Jimmy Corderas, a great referee. Speaking of referees, uh, last week I was flying solo, and I wanted to reach out to a good brother of mine uh, in the podcast world, but more importantly, one of the best referees in the professional wrestling business, my good friend, Mr. Referee Tony S. from the TBD Wrestling Podcast. He's here with us today, and I, I feel honored. I really do. I feel honored because he actually graced us with his presence on video for the first time. What's going on, my man? <laughs> uh, isn't video sweet? Mm. <laughs> video is sweet. First of all, pleasure to be here on the Hoots podcast, not just in audio, but in video form. Second of all, kudos to you for the quick math. That was... Uh, not easy to do for people our age. Uh, third of all, we are close to 300 here on the Hoots Podcast. Uh, I am flying on the seat of my pants here because uh, Joshy Lopez is going to lead the way here on the Hoots. Uh, but it's definitely a pleasure. And and uh, I was going to say this on Twitter, uh, but I figure I'd say it here. Uh, kudos for the big words, uh, upper echelon. Uh, that was way out of the way out of the back pages of the dictionary. Uh, but we're going to have some fun here on the Who's Podcast. And as always, a shout-out to uh, the man who never fails to get himself over, Brother Carter. Yes. No, correction. We have a new thing here, uh, Mr. Tony. Uh, we had new implements to this. So originally, we always do, like, the yes, the Brother Carter stuff, like Brett Matt Hardy. Well, I'm, well, I'm in his seat. Yeah, you're in the seat now, but here's the thing. We changed it up now. Now that Matt Hardy is stuck with another random-ass faction in AEW, instead of yes, it's no. <laughs> yeah, but when, we're, but when we're speaking of Brother Carter, it's always yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Shout-out to Brother Carter out in the um, – not Pacific Northwest, but he's out in the mountain area handling some business, some duties, if you will. Executive um, duties. Executive duties, yes. And he should be back on the program, I think, the week of Buddy the Bank. So um, I'm, I'm here to hang out with the good brother. I'm glad this is actually July 1st instead of July 4th. I remember there you go. I was doing a show. We were doing the show with Adam Daly, and, in, and the podcast landed on the 4th of July. We're like, well, I guess we have to take the week off. <laughs> So uh, bring this in before 4th of July, which is taking place on Sunday. So uh, lots to get to this week in the world of professional wrestling. The world of professional wrestling never stops, as uh, Corp Bauer would say from MLW. Uh, we got a lot going on the horizon. We got fans coming back for the WWE. Uh, AEW is going back on tour next Wednesday in Miami. Um, we got uh, – Pay-per-views for the NWA coming up in August, I think, in St. Louis uh, yep. at the baseball room. 
Uh, just a lot of good stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling. And, of course, when it comes to wrestling, there's always the good and the bad. But with the Who's Podcast, we try to make it an enjoyable experience and for you to learn something about professional wrestling instead of shitting on it the entire time. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With that being said, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. Make sure to uh, spam Twitter support at uh, at Twitter support. Make sure to type in hashtag free to hoots podcast. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at Josh Lopez94 at Josh Lopez Music. It's been uh let's see, it's five months since I've been suspended on Twitter, the Hoots Podcast. <laughs> Hoots that podcast. is ridiculous. Five months for copyright strikes for songs I never made one cent out of, which is absolutely insane. Uh, nonetheless, as Michael Cole <laughs> would say, not Mitchell Cole, but yeah, Michael Cole. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I like to tell everybody um, this podcast drops every single Thursday, and we're gonna get podcasts. Also, make sure to subscribe right now so you never miss an episode. Uh, make sure to leave us a four or five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, specifically, it really helps expand and reach the show. And myself, Brett Carter, and referee Tony, we do appreciate your uh, feedback as far as what you like about the podcast or anything you'd like to change. And lastly, on the plugs before I become Pee Wee Herman and or whoever, just a plugging machine. Make um, <laughs> to uh, bookmark prowrestlingtranscriptions.com. That's my baby. That's my main project where I make transfers for all. All your favorite wrestling shows, including New Japan Pro Wrestling, where we had three barbers today with guys from Chaos and Old G's from New Japan. We had Hiroki Goto in the barber with Kojima today, and the main event was a strong style clinic with Ishii and Nagata. Mamma mia, what a match! <laughs> um, with that being said, we got like I said, we got a lot to get into, so we're gonna start off with the good bars QA and wisdom session. Uh, what we do here this segment, we take questions from the listeners of the podcast each week. And the Who's Podcast is much more than just a wrestling podcast, it's a live podcast. We get into mental health, we talk about relationships. I share some stuff from my personal life for you guys to get to know me better. And, um, the goal with this segment is to answer some questions. And, you know, sometimes when you do a wrestling podcast, you can't fit every topic into one segment because you may be doing the show for three or four hours. So that's I, a damn that's, shame. That's, that's that's the charm of doing this segment where I could implement a lot of these that I wouldn't be able to fit in a WWE segment or AEW. So um, I appreciate the questions that everybody always sends us. And we got interesting topics for the wisdom part of it. It's called Maintaining Your Purpose. That's today's title of this week's episode is Maintain Your Purpose. And we're going to be explaining why that's very important at the end of the segment. So, Tony, ready to answer some questions, my man? Let's rock and roll like Trish and Little Kim used to do. Yes, let's do it. We're going to start off with the good brother, the OG supporter of the Hoots podcast, Patrick Fritz at Rated PWF. It's early and the matches haven't been finalized yet, but who are your... WWE Money to Bank ladder match winners. And if you could choose, who would you want to win? So I'll start off with you. You see, and we're how close are we for Money in the Bank? I think two weeks. And to the best of our knowledge, not all of the competitors have been finalized, I believe. Correct. And so, uh, uh, and uh, I guess uh, WWE, I guess, is returning to Madison Square Garden in September. So that's going to be good. Um, 
as far as money in the bank, let's take a look and see. Now, could you just repeat his question? Yes. Uh, with the with the money bank ladder matches not being finalized for both ladder matches, who, who do you have winning the match, and who would you like to see winning the match? If you, it was up to you, if you if you had the pencil, pal. <laughs> we're, 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 I, I thought I had a pencil here. All right. So, so let uh, well, well we'll figure that out. Oh wait, I got a pen. There you go. Okay. All right, good. So yep. let's take a look at who we got here. So as far as right now, as far as what I see on the graphic, we have Carmella and Nikki Cross, which, by the way, they need to update that uh, photo because that is uh, Nikki Cross from uh, pre-break. Uh, Alexa Bliss, Naomi, and Asuka for the women. And then for the men, we have Big E, Joe Mo, Ricochet, Riddle, sorry, Matt D. Brothers Riddle, and uh, Drew McIntyre. So... I don't think that – I mean, it would be – normally with WWE Money in the Bank ladder matches, I mean, they've had upwards of eight. Right. But we're two weeks away from it, so that could change. Um, as far as Money in the Bank goes, the person who – for the men first, I don't want to see Big E win Money in the Bank. I, I just don't. I think that Big E's story of hard work and perseverance does not need money in the bank. Uh, I think with with him, the victory is within the struggle. So I think with Big E, him being in this match, but not being an outcoming factor in the result of this match, I think the Big E story is going to continue to evolve and I don't think he needs money in the bank because I think Big E himself is his own guaranteed lock. And he's certainly done that with winning the Intercontinental Championship and <clears throat> and going to, you know, defending the championship at WrestleMania, which is a big step for him. And, right. he, didn't, and he didn't need to win that match uh, to, to stake his claim because that just furthers the Big E story. As far as who I would want to see win money in the bank, I'll throw a curveball in. And, and it's split between these two uh, superstars. It's split between Riddle, because of the whole Randy Orton dynamic. Right. And I want John Morrison to win it. <laughs> I, I, just, I think that John Morrison, it, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, you see him in WWE, he's been you know, an ECW champion, which, by the way, check out uh, John Morrison and CM Punk from WWE ECW. Probably the best match in the history of that short-lived stint that they had there. And uh, you have, uh, you know, he goes from there, you know, tag team champion, Eminem, intercontinental champion. Damn good and very underrated intercontinental champion, especially as a fan favorite. And But then he leaves WWE goes all over the place triple a you know impact the 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 changing of impact and he's their world champion and not a lot of people got to see that kind of unabridged version of john morrison but yeah. it's like when he's in wwe and i'm not knocking him but i would love to see John Morrison, because we've we've seen John Morrison in the Miz, they've been together and they've split up. And I remember the promo of 
uh, John Morrison calling the Miz uh, Mizzy Janetti. Yeah. So I would love to see John Morrison at least get one more singles push, even if it's at the expense of the Miz who's injured. So I'd love to see that happen for John Morrison and Riddle for the whole Randy Orton scenario. But especially with Riddle, you know that if Riddle wins money in the bank, Randy Orton is going to snap on him like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, like a bad habit. It's it, it, it about three or four bad habits. And, yeah. I would, and I would pay money. I mean, I don't have to, but I'd pay money to see it. Just because it's Randy and Randy can get to that next level at any time. So those are the two for the men. For the women, as far as what we see right now, Nikki Cross getting all the upsets, that would be a shocker if she won money in the bank for Nikki Cross. Alexa Bliss is at that point where I don't think she would need money in the bank because there's so many things going on with Alexa Bliss outside the women's championship picture that for her to get to money in the bank, it's like, well, wait a minute. You have this thing with Nia Jax and this thing with Shayna Baszler and this thing with Reginald. Now, all of a sudden, you're just going to drop all that and focus on the championship. So I think it's really between those four. Right. But for me, for Nikki Cross to get the upset right now, because Asuka's already had it, uh, and Naomi would be the other wild card. Carmelo won the first one. So it's really between those two. And for Nikki Cross to, she wouldn't even need to win the championship. But just for her to get that that briefcase, maybe we would be able to know more about the Nikki Cross story as far as her turning over into super heroine Nikki Cross. Right. Um, I think for me, I, I gotta say, this looking at the card for. Uh, from uh, what I have on the transcript here, the, the card from top to bottom is pretty good so far. Yeah, uh, the thing that I, they haven't really announced yet Bailey against Bianca, but I'm pretty sure they'll add that probably this week or next week or so. Yeah, probably. Uh, probably like some I quit match or something. <laughs> I laugh matches. <laughs> um, uh, I love Bianca Belair, by the way. I just got to throw that out. Um, you know, there's a couple things that are, you know, obviously you don't have the full matches, fully announced for the ladder matches. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sam Sander have a last day, last man standing match tomorrow night on SmackDown to get one of those spots. Um, I think Liv Morgan might be added because she beat it, uh, Carmella last week and uh, they, Sonya the said week before. Yeah, she said Sonya Deville said that she'd think about putting Liv into the match. I can see that. I wonder if they would ask more women uh women performers from Raw on it because SmackDown's women's division is so like minuscule. It's not top heavy. No, but minuscule is probably the better I, way. I, I can tell you right now, I bet you that the SmackDown women's division doesn't even have 10 wrestlers in it. <laughs> you, you wouldn't be wrong with that assumption. Um, so I think for me, as far as like who I think is going to win and who I want to win, um, I think there's a good chance that, um, that like someone like, um, John Morrison can win. If Kevin Owens wins, uh, that'd be my personal pick because Kevin Owens is not one in money to big ladder match. Right. 
also from storyline uh, uh, development, I I could see Sami Zayn winning it. It'd be pretty right. fun then with the conspiracy thing. Let's say like he has the briefcase and then he finds a way to have it stripped away from him, and that's part of the conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, Bruce Pritchard, if you're looking for extra uh, writing assistance, I'm here. Um, yeah, I, there, there's a lot of ways you can go. I could see somewhere if Drew McIntyre won and he went towards SmackDown, but that's a bigger match. Why do a SummerSlam and him Roman Reigns? I don't know. You could possibly do that, especially um, with the proposed draft that's coming up. True, and also we can't just automatically assume that John Cena is going to be showing up at SummerSlam. I know there's been teases. I know he did the thing on the, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, but uh, let's not put our, our cards before the horse, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's like, let's just. Now, 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 okay, now you want John Cena. You, you've been saying Cena sucks for the better part of 12 years now. Now, all of a sudden, you want John Cena. Okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, but I like I like your idea, John Morrison. I, I think it would be a nice factor. And, you know. Maybe you can find a way where Miz becomes the WWE champion and Morrison cashes in on him. Yes. Would yeah. You know, I, I think that'd be pretty cool. As far as the ladies are concerned, maybe for uh, historic reasons, maybe they want Alexa Bliss to be the second woman to win it twice. I can see Sasha Banks uh, go in there and grab a briefcase. She's not a Money to Bank winner. Am I? That is correct. Uh, I can see her being added to the match if they need more star power. That first – let's remember, folks, the the first show with audiences is, is the SmackDown before Money to Bank, that go-home show. I'm just throwing it out there. Don't be surprised if Sasha Banks is added to that match. Right. You can be a clear favorite in that. So you can go in many different directions. I just like the variety of performers in both ladder matches, and I think for me uh, – I like getting to this, the scenarios where I don't care who wins. I just want to see sheer chaos, and it's going to be an awesome match. And I'm right. going to get that with both uh, Money in the Bank ladder matches. Right. That's what the Money in the Bank is. It's it's, it's car crash personified, uh, organized. And I use that term in quotes, organized car crash. Right. But, but, but that car crash, uh, everything happens for a reason. It's tremendous. It's tremendously built up. To where eventually you'll know why the winner is chosen and who it is. So for that, you know, and like you said, those, you know, it's not like both matches are just top heavy just for the sake of being top heavy. Like there's some underdogs in there, there's some long shots in there, there's people that have won it before. So really anybody could win it. And in in the sport part of sports entertainment, that's what you want. Right. Let's go uh, to our good brother, Chris Zaletta at XTZaletta24X. He sent in a, a batch of questions this week. Uh, we're going to start off with a sports one here. Uh, do you think the Seattle Supersonics will ever make a return to the NBA? Um, <laughs> Chris, I think they yeah. should make this short and brief. Yes, I think the Supersonics should come back. <laughs> I have a two-word answer, long overdue. Next question. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> is MLB heading towards another labor strike at the end of the season? I don't know if they're heading towards a labor strike, but I, I know for 
me, I'm getting into I don't give a shit. <laughs> strike <laughs> because it, yeah, you, you've been on that strike for the past couple of weeks before you even announced it here yeah on a lot of things uh-huh yeah that's right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, uh-huh we'll get we'll get into that later <clears throat> yeah 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 but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's freaking sad me. I just saw my friend about but what I was gonna say is like I'm trying to enjoy a good season for my Chicago White Sox. They're playing good baseball right now. I mean, they freaking spanked the Twins last night, 13-3, and they're doing really good right now. And I can't enjoy the season because there's whining and bitching about sticky baseballs. Spider attack? Yeah. The umpires checking uh, uh, players' color of gloves. Uh, <laughs> the, the level of the kind of belts that they wear around their <laughs> uh, pants to see if there's any sticky glue or cheating tactics. It's like, what the fuck are we doing here? First off, we still haven't got to the part where baseball is appeasing to casual viewers of sports these days. It's not entertaining. It's not, it's not relevant. The games still go too long. Now we have the stuff with the replays that you wait take way too long to get figured out. It, people whine about not enough uh, offense where you can have good singles and doubles. It's always home run or bust. But then we got the thing of whether the uh, baseballs are inflated or whatever the fuck that controversy was last year. It's it's all over the place. It's like I loved baseball. I played baseball a lot when I was a kid. All the way through high school, I played baseball. I love baseball. Now I don't give a shit. I get more enjoyment playing MLB The Show than I do watching Major League Baseball right now. Here's what I, here's what I can say about uh, about baseball. As far as the labor strike goes, as and as far as the players and owners, those are two sides that are never gonna. As far as most fans go, they're never gonna agree on anything. And when it comes to baseball, like you said, they need to find ways to speed up the game just a little bit and not check and, and at the same time not make it obvious like you're checking players like you're at a security breach at the airport. Like yeah. it like it makes, you know, you know, I mean it, it makes absolutely no sense. And and like you said. It's better to play video games of the product because you'll actually have more enjoyment out of it. You know, baseball needs to do a better job of, and, and also they need to do a better job of what what wrestling and UFC have done. They need to promote their stars because you don't have any idea unless you're really that hardcore into it or unless Mike Greenberg or anybody at ESPN will talk about it. Like other than, you know, Corey Kluber or, you know, or any or any of those like MLB does not do a good job of promoting who their current stars are, and who their future stars are. They don't do a good job of educating the fans of the game and who made the game. It's like, all right, here it is. Like, no, you can't pinpoint Mike Trout if you walk down the street. Right. Exactly. You know, I mean, hell, I I probably saw Mike Trout yesterday on, on, a, on a mail route somewhere. I wouldn't know. Maybe I saw, you know, yeah. it's it, it, you never know. But MLB doesn't do that good of a job of 
promoting, at least with the NBA, you know who the stars are from the top level and then the lower level and that level below. You know, in NHL to a certain degree is doing better than the MLB at promoting their stars. But the MLB, they're like, all right, so you want to know who our next star is? He'll be on the cover of the show. That's who we're going to promote. Like, no. And at the end of the day, when it comes to baseball, short, you know, long story short, show me that you want me to care about it. Right. You know, let's go go to the next one here. We got um, this is an interesting one with more recent releases. Does 205 get moved fully into NXT? Uh, let me uh, touch on that really quick. Um, I have transcribed every single edition of 205 Live uh, since the inception of the Cruiserweight Classic and the first 205 Live show in um, in 2016. I think it was either in October around yeah. that when that started the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give a big shout out to Arya Davari and Tony Nese and uh, the Bollywood boys who were um, original players in the 205 Live brand. Uh, they recently got the release. Um, uh, it's always a crappy situation when you see performers, talented ones, get released from promotions. Uh, it's been happening a lot more recently with WWE just cutting the fat and just trying to uh, change some of their business structure and stuff like that. Uh, you know, this the a double-edged sword of, uh, you know, having performers in a major li- major wide-based uh, promotion organization. It's not just your mom-and-pop mom and pop shop wrestling promotion. Yeah. Uh, it's not on handshake deals. It's not based on promises. It's not based on anything you expect from your standard pro wrestling company. Unlike AEW, where we just hand-glad hand glad each other and pat each other in the back and, you know, it's kind of like a free-for-all there. But, like, uh, my, my thing is, just like, I really enjoyed what Arya Davari and Tweenies brought to the table. Uh, I got to learn a lot about the way they're wrestling in the ring and how they go with their sequences. And I enjoyed Tony Nese's journey to become the Cruiserweight champion. Davari's had a lot of good barn burners on the show. He's been one of the most underrated performers in that um, uh, in WWE for the last couple of years. Uh, I'm happy for him. Excited to see where he goes next uh, as far as promotions are concerned. Uh, Bollywood boys, you know, longtime wrestling fans, made a name for themselves. Had a good run with Jinder Mahal uh, when he was the WWE, WWE champion. And uh, I'm sure they'll get back on their feet as well. But um, yeah, there's a lot more. Um, also, uh, kind of caught me by surprise. August Gray got uh, released uh, last week as well. Uh, one of the up and coming guys that I was seeing on uh, 205 Live they had a lot of good outings as well. Uh, Austin, more from the Northeast side of the realm in his wrestling background, and he he's a he's a great wrestler. And he's gonna find himself in a promotion sooner or later. Uh, Curse Stallion. A couple other ones that I'm missing right now. As far as questions concerned, um, you know, I there's been rumblings about you know 205 Live probably coming into what uh, AEW Dark is for AEW, like uh, NXT Evolve show or something like that, a developmental show for the main NXT uh, product in the U.S. Um, I could possibly see that. I don't know. It, it's gonna be interesting what changes they come with. That is two or five now. Two or five live now gonna be more uh, 
fixated on the PC talent that are signed? Is it underneath guys on the NXT brand? I have no idea, but uh, I just wanted to send my thoughts to Ari Davari and Tony and those guys because I really enjoyed uh, getting to the documentary work over the last five or six years, and um, I was kind of bummed out by seeing that 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 those guys got released. So that was my thoughts on it. My quick take on it is, as somebody who's, you know, I mean, you know, Ari, like you said, Ari Davari, Tony Nese, Bollywood Boys, and August Gray, and you know, you kind of look at the list of names, and it's shocking. You know, especially somebody like August Gray, Anthony Green, who is getting television time every single week. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's cut. But like you said, it's the wrestling business. It's, it's not the we're going to book your friends business. Yeah. It's, it's the wrestling business. So, you know, it's like, like the Macho Man would say, it's not what you make, it's what you save. So I think that with... These guys are going to land on their feet because the people that have really watched their work like you have, you never know. They could be in a town, you know, close to them and, you know, somebody, you know, like a a high level independent wrestling promotion could bring them in. And, you know, a lot of people are going to want to see them. But, But you know that they're going to take what they have learned in WWE and bring it out to the independent circuit. And there's going to be, you know, and you know, there's going to be this, this little thing, but because I think there's a lot of people within the indie circuit who are afraid of that adaptability are afraid to adapt Mm -hmm. to not really just a, a WWE style, but it's more of a style where it's psychology of knowing what to do when a little bit more advanced version of psychology. And a lot of people don't know how to take that. And I can tell you that as far as what I saw in the reports is that uh, August Gray had a 30 day, no compete Uh, other places, uh, other talents who got released had a 90 day. So I know that um, uh, August uh, Gray is you know i know i know some talents are already accepting indie independent bookings um outside of their no compete clause so my suggestion and you know not really a suggestion to to them and i know that you know ari davari um you know a fantastic talent and he was in my wwe tryout match or one of them so when it comes to these talents who are released it's not really for them because I know they're going to be fine because they're going to bring everything that they learn combined with their experience and they're going to be better for it. And you never know somebody who was in the ring with them, they could be made a star, but, but you're going to see them. A lot of them, you know, do uh, matches uh, obviously at independent wrestling promotions, maybe seminars because that's a thing now where they do seminars at wrestling schools because people want to know what it takes to get to the next level. They've already been there. So, um, and as far as 205 Live goes, um, as far as the development for the PC talent, it kind of already is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's, it's just a matter of what can you do during that 45 or 44 minutes? Uh, how can you fill that in? 
or or the 60 minutes, depending on the streaming service, um, who can be able to maximize you know their time, especially now with all the cut down talent. And my suggestion to the fans out there who are fans are these promotions, uh, these promote uh, not these promotions, these uh, competitors who have been released. If you know they're going to be in your area, go out there and support them. Uh, so they've got uh, some some of them. I know that when they got. Uh, Signed to WWE, they had Pro Wrestling Tea stores open, and when they got to WWE, their, their Pro Wrestling Tea stores closed. But now those stores are opened up. So go out there and support them. You know, buy a T-shirt, get some merchandise, go out there to support them. Because, you know, obviously with this unexpected move, this is obviously something they weren't really expecting at the time, but go out there and, and, and support them, not just on social media. Go out to the shows and see them. All right, next question we got from Chris is, uh, who do you think will be in the NXT breakout tournament? They announced this on Tuesday uh, that they're going to do a breakout tournament. Um, I'm sure we'll probably see um, Ari Sterling, uh, a.k.a. Alexane, um, Asher Hale. Um, you know, we come, saw, on, come on. We saw Cameron Grimes uh, make his uh, – Make a name for himself out of the breakout tournament. Uh, yep. Same thing with Bronson Reed. You know, I could also mention another guy from 205 Live, uh, Grayson Waller, who's been putting out some really good matches on 205 Live recently. Um, Iki Manjiro, I possibly, I don't want to just rattle off 205 Live guys, but those are the ones that are coming off the top of my head. Um, just trying to see who else would fit in that scenario. How, how about, I mean, how about a guy that could be your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler in the future? Carmelo Hayes. Absolutely. Yep. Because he he has a potential. I mean, you can you can break out with a match of Adam Cole. We haven't really seen him in a series yet. You know, and especially in a tournament format where you know that there's a possibility of wrestling, you know, three or four different style matches to win it. Uh, I think that definitely does more than just, you know, one 25, 30 minute match with Kushida or 15, 18 minute match with Adam Cole. I think kind of seeing his arsenal or any of the competitors in the progression of the tournament. Yeah. Um, I think that would do wonders. I mean, look what it did for, uh, Look what it did for Drake Maverick in that <laughs> it, it, I mean I mean seriously like in that interim cruiserweight championship tournament mm. it, it got eyes onto Drake Maverick as somebody hey listen you know he's not just a you know he's not just an authority figure he's not just a manager like he's a pretty damn good wrestler a pretty damn good talent we want an, you know I, I think you know we want an opportunity to see what he can do and I think it opened a lot of people's eyes. And I think now with the breakout tournament, you're going to see people that you either have only seen once or twice on NXT or once or twice on 205 Live or have never seen on NXT or 205 Live. I think that's the beauty of the tournament. The question is, how big is the tournament going to be? That's a great question. I know they're doing the qualifying matches for um, the breakout tournament on 205 Live this week. Uh, so I'll let you guys know what happens next week when I put out the transcript and stuff. Yeah. Um, I also say watch out for Trey Baxter, uh, the former uh, Blake Christian, as far as yes. who could uh, be shoeless to win that tournament as well. Um, oh, yeah. Trey Baxter versus Carmelo Hayes. 
<laughs> oh, just think about that. <laughs> Incredible. Mamma Mia. Yes. Mamma Mia. God, I miss tomorrow. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, next question. <laughs> oh, this is an interesting one. Um, who? This is what I love about Chris. He always has like a good throwback question since he knows he do this on Thursdays. Um, who do you think was Stone Cold Steve Austin's best rival? The Rock, Triple H, Mystic Man, or The Undertaker? What kind of rival are we talking about? Just rivalry. Well, who, who's his greatest enemy, if you will? I think there's only one answer to this question, if we're being honest here. Go ahead. By the way, shout out to uh, the good brother B Rob in the chat. He says, three count titty meat. What's up, B Rob? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, I, this is the easiest answer. It's Vince. God damn, pal. Uh, How uh, dare you? Rock, rock, <laughs> rock is a close second. Rock is a close second. I mean, from a competition standpoint, but like, from a, yeah, from a point of view, it has to be Vince. I yeah, to me, what Austin McMahon did set up basically the entire Attitude Era. Yeah. So, to me, I mean, I'll be honest, Rock Austin set it up for Austin McMahon. But it was Austin McMahon that took the ball and went with it, mm -hmm. and and that's and that led it to the ruthless aggression era. Actually, the Austin McMahon took it out of the golden era and brought it to attitude and under ruthless aggression. So, mm -hmm. for, by that alone, it's it's Vince. Now, if it's a in ring match for match standpoint, it's Rock. It it, it has to be Rock. Yeah, uh, I think uh, there's some, there's some missing person that we haven't brought up to this, but I don't think there's no Austin and McMahon if there's uh, if Bret Hart is not involved. Yep, yep, you're right. Ages of this, I mean, just from a historical context point of view, uh, Bret is the first one to go after Vince and kind of pointing out that he was the the guy that was running the ship, if you will. Yeah, 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 you could say that. I mean, Austin kind of insinuated it in the beginning part of, of Stone Cold, but I think but at the time when it was late 96, early 97, Brett, when you know he's still that main event guy, when he was turning from you know baby face to heel, at least in the US, Brett was Brett was the one that, you know, like you said, ousted Vince as all right, he, you know, like we all knew, or you know, the fans, most of the smart fans knew what everybody knew is that you know he's the owner of the company. But some of the casual fans who were watching, like me, who didn't put two and two together, now it's like, okay, he's the guy running the ship. Okay, maybe Brett has a serious gripe here. He's not just the announcer, he's the owner. So Brett, like you said, Brett kind of put the gears in motion for everything that came over the past four and a half, five years. Mm -hmm. God damn, pal. Don't put my son-in-law in the same category. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. What's wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, here's my son-in-law. 
I mean, what, what else he got to do? He's, he's my son-in-law, you know, we're, we're kind of related, but, but not really. Uh, got to tell the region. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I, I yeah, it's like, you know, I, I don't really want to tell everybody that, you know, Hunter is marrying Stephanie. I don't want to really tell everybody that. After all these years, I still can't acknowledge it fully. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I keep I keep having a lump in my throat saying that, you know, Hunter is my, my son-in-law. I feel like a big pit about to explode in my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get tied up in knots having to spend holidays with them. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's calling me dad. He's calling. I don't really, I don't know how to take that. I really don't. My God. All right. Last question for Chris. He says, would you change anything in the top five of the WWE top 50 tag team list that just came out? Is the the best WWE tag team of all time? I come from the 2000 era, and I honestly can't argue with them being number one. You know, this this came out with a lot of controversy. Oh, shocker! You know, whenever a top 50 list comes out, people can't apply context to what the list is. It's yeah. the WWE top 50 list. It's not the pro wrestling top 50 tag teams of all time. So I'm sorry if you're butthurt that the Rock and Roll Express or the Midnight Express are not added to the list because they didn't do anything in the WWE. <laughs> I, I, is it really hard to apply some context to a subjective list? I mean, look, I mean, just because of the fact of the New Day and their longevity, and you have to give out the fact that as far as WWE goes, you know, before the draft that they were crediting New Day with tag team titles. Right. When it was only uh, two out of the three of them that actually won it, but hey, we're going to credit you with a tag team title. You know, I mean, hell, you get a tag team title. I want a tag team title, y'all. But as far as longevity goes, I mean, let's, I mean, let's look at it. And and uh, I mean, let's look at let's look at the top ten. Okay. Okay. British Bulldogs number ten. Undertaker and Kane Brothers of Destruction number nine. New Age Outlaws number eight. Usos are number seven. Mm -hmm. Legion of Doom, number six. Dudley's five. Edge and Christian, four. Heart Foundation, three. Hardy Boys, two. New Day, number one. Hmm. Here's what I want to say. How are the Hardy Boys two spots above Edge and Christian? I, I wonder why the Hardy Boys are above the Dudley Boys. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like if you look at attitude, I mean, okay, Dudley Boys as far as longevity, I mean, and like you said, it's within WWE. So, but I have, I have to put into account the fact that Edge and Christian both technically won. I mean, I guess, I guess you can say that the Hardys did too because – because uh, well, uh, Jeff was a world heavyweight and WWE champion, mm. and and Matt was an ECW Phoenix champion. Yes, but 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 Edge, you know, uh, Edge was you know he wins WWE. He, Christian leaves, goes to TNA, 
Christian wins the, the NWA title. Edge becomes, uh, actually, Edge becomes WWE champion. So within a 30-day period, Edge and Christian are running the top two companies. They're the top guys. Edge becomes, you know, uh, world champion, WWE champion, King of the Ring, Royal Rumble, main event WrestleMania. Christian becomes a two-time world champion, probably one of the most underappreciated, but, you know, critically undervalued workers in the history of the business. But yet you look at Edge and Christian, you know, seven-time tag team champions, just the two of them, with the attitude era coming out of the brood to, you know, when it was Kurt and Edge, Christian, Rhino, that mm-hmm. set up the King of the Ring thing. They had a good one-on-one feud, which was way better than the the Hardys at WrestleMania 25 because, let's, you know, unfortunately for the Hardys, it surrounded about, uh, you know, Matt screwing Jeff out of the, the World Heavyweight Championship and Matt running over Jeff's dog. And uh, so, I, I mean, the New Day, because obviously – there's so much going on with the new day right now. It's hard to argue that they, they're, they're not number one, but I, but I think anything from two to 15 is subjective. Now, real wrestling fans would be like, okay, well, why, like you said, why aren't the rock and roll express here or the midnight express here? Or, or, you know, uh, or why, 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 you know, yeah. And then somebody, why aren't the Hollywood blondes on this list? Oh you know, yeah, <laughs> you know. It, it, I mean, for me, like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's criminal that, I mean, out of all these teams, the Bushwhackers and the Mega Bushwhackers and Mega Powers are probably the and uh, Jack and Jerry Briscoe, I think, are the in Batista and Ric Flair. But I think there are only five teams on this entire list that haven't been tag team champions. But like you said, it's WWE longevity. And plus it's subjective. So nobody's ever going to like WWE's top five or, you know, anybody's top five. It's a WWE subjective list, but at the the end of the day, you paid attention to it and you have an opinion on it and you're going to put it on social media and that's what they want. Well, I mean, we all saw how, Petty people got over the uh, top fifty women list that uh, come out uh, a few months ago for WrestleMania. No comment there. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, let's go to our last two questions for the podcast this week. Uh, what? A good brother, Nate the Great at Psycho Nagiri. Uh, what do you think MSK could do to add to their characters besides just good guys who have respect? Uh, what, you mean MSK, the NXT Tag Team Champions? Yes. Uh, let's see. Have they really been tested yet? Tested in the ring? Yeah. You have the Grizzled Young Veterans. They've definitely tested. I think you saw more from a character gimmick point of view. Uh, from the from the character gimmick, one of the things I, I've seen in my history with WWE is the fact that no real major character change happens until somebody either pushes them in the ring to make a change or something happens backstage that kind of gets the gears turned. 
I think a lot of I think a lot of people in the business they they see a tag team and they immediately expect charisma. Yes. And that takes time. And that's why, ironically, that's why they have the matches because you have to build the charisma. You have to build the, the will from within to win. You have to build that, those qualities. And then from those qualities, then it's like, okay, you know what? Let's see if we can maybe tweak this or do it uh, this a little bit. I think MSK is fine where they're at right now, but I also think that the matches that they're in, like you said with the with the GYVs, but also with the match coming up at the NXT GAB with uh, Tommaso and Timothy Thatcher, that's going to bring a whole new level because with Tommaso and Timothy Thatcher you can raise that pain scale to about five or six times what the GYV would do. And I'm pretty certain you'll find out the inner heart and the inner workings of MSK. I think they're fine right now. We just got to find out exactly, you know, we got to give them a real serious test. And it's like, it's like uh, Shawn Michaels. You know, Shawn Michaels is this, you know, baby face champion at WrestleMania 12. But, you know, you, of course, you, you know, he can have matches with British Bulldog, but nobody really took Sean as far as champion, as far as fighting for the boyhood dream seriously until two matches. He beats Diesel at In Your House, No, uh, no Holds Barred. But more importantly, he, uh, he faces Mankind in Philly. Yeah. And that was the point when he faces Mankind in Philly because you never saw Shawn Michaels go through, as far as champion, go through the things and go through what Mankind pushed him to. And that made Shawn a a better champion and a more believable champion then. So I think with MSK, expect to see as far as put in positions where they've never been before. Expect that from... Uh, Thatcher and Tommaso, and you can bet as far as the title match goes, expect to, for them to be given the time to do that. I think for me, Nate, it's kind of twofold because I, I do appreciate what they do in the ring, but I've kind of had this issue with MSK and Rascal since their impact days. I can't, I can't pin a, pinpoint whether they're good guys or bad guys, and I'm not. Everybody I'm wants not, a twin, you know that. I'm not taking any like personal knocks at them personally. I just see from a character point of view, when you come off and your vibe is kind of like the past aggressive trolling, like people that you have in like video game type of thing. That's just the vibe again. I got it from Trey Miguel. I get it from those two, especially where like, yeah, they're happy to be here. They're good guys in certain cases. And then other times they're like trolling and being cocky. Expect that to change in the next couple of months. Yeah. And it's like, um, I I liked it when, when they first brought in and they're talking about how like uh, Nash Carter uh, was doing this for his dad and all that stuff. I thought that was cool in the beginning, but we haven't had any other like major interviews. Uh, Like, they had the little confrontation uh, on NXT this week where they're like, oh, we want respect and this and that. And it's like, I'm just trying to figure out who, who you guys are. Are you heels? Are you baby faces? Are you cocky good guys that just do flips and dips? 
I mean, it's kind of – I have my other issues with Sammy Guevara outside the ring. Right. But from a wrestling standpoint, yes, I could acknowledge how good of a wrestler he is. But also, he has a problem when, when it comes to the character standpoint of if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Because – and I, I've seen this as a guy who's their age in the whole millennial sphere that we're in right now. Yeah, like, millennials. Like, I, I feel like I'm more – Maybe me, I just feel within myself. I'm more like old school than I am what current school ages, you know. And I, it's okay to be passive aggressive, I guess, sometimes if you're a wrestler. But I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, I I can't take them seriously from a genuine point of view. Sometimes I think that's what I'm trying to express. It's hard to like suspend disbelief sometimes because I don't know who I'm watching. <laughs> you do all these flips and this, but I have no other incentive to cheer or boo you besides, okay, I got cocky smirks on my face. I do a gazillion fucking flips during the match and a couple cool kicks and stuff. But what else is there to you? Uh, and that's the thing when it comes to, you know, bringing in, you know, all these, all these talents, you know, you cannot expect people to, I mean, not everybody can do what you do and follow people from promotion to promotion and, and, and do all these things. And not many people have time for that. So, you know, and, and this is across the board, you know, it just not just, um, you know, in, in AEW or NXT, like across the board, there are going to be fans that no matter what kind of time of day it is, there are going to be fans that are going to be tuning into your product for the very first time. Yep. That's going to happen. So we want to learn more about these talents with just a hint of realism. We want to know what made, what drove you, what put you on this road to get here? What got you on this road for, you know, NXT or what got you on this road to becoming a champion? I think they did a good job with Zoe Stark because we knew that they, yeah. they, they did that story where, you know, okay, who is this new person? But then we know the backstory. Not everybody knows the backstory of, you know, and I'll use them for an example again. Uh, I'll use these guys. Uh, we, we saw August Gray. We saw Carmelo Hayes. We see, we see them. Now, people like me who have worked with them and have traveled up and down the roads with them, we know the backstory. But people who are just going in for the very first time, who, oh, what is this buzz all about? Oh, look at him. Look at that. Oh, I like that. All right. Tell me more about him. And then you don't. And it's like, okay, it's, you know, like, it's, it's kind of like, all right, we want to know. And then, hmm. So at the end of the day, like you said, we want to know more about these towns, not just MSK, but we want to know the who, what, when, where, but more specifically the why. That's what we want to know. Yeah. All right. Last question for the Q&A before we get to our wisdom part here. <laughs> I want to thank uh, Nate and uh, Chris for saying some awesome questions this week. We do appreciate it. As, um, what parallels do you think there are between real life and wrestling? Well, since I live it, um, I think when it comes to wrestling in real life, there's a parallel of 
You can't. And I'm going to show you that I can. There is a parallel of an underdog story. There is a parallel of overcoming things, whether it's facing your fear, whether it could be as simple as being on the top rope for the first time and facing your fear of heights. It could be the fear of what happens when you take a bump. Or it could be something along the lines of your nerves and doing something for the very first time, like doing a, like doing a match or even a layout for a match or carrying a match for the first time, something like that. There's all this nervousness, just like in life, whether you're going to buy a car for the first time or buy a house for the first time or get an apartment for the first time or move out on your own. There's all these ball of nerves when it comes to being in the wrestling business. Um, there's also, I kind of equivalent the wrestling business depending on the level that it's in. There, there are some levels of the independent wrestling business that are better than others. There are some that, there are some that mimic Saved by the Bell, where you got your groups of people, you got your popular kids, you got your wannabe popular kids, you got your jocks, you got this, you got that. And we, we all want to fit in. And when it comes to the wrestling business, it's kind of like, you know, I can't fit in anywhere else, whether it's, you know, I don't feel I don't fit in with my family or I don't fit in with this scenario or so, this didn't work out. But my safe haven could be wrestling. Just like with you, Josh, your safe haven is, is music, too. So that's where you kind of you rightfully you know you get lost and you're in your spot you're in your world you're in your safe haven and that's what wrestling can be as far as a parallel go um it's also the biggest thing i can consider real life as far as the wrestling business goes uh the one key word is being misunderstood i think that a lot of people just like us individually they want to it's like what uh, it's like the the old saying of the MTV show True Life. You think you know, but you have no idea. That's what the wrestling business is, and that's what, to a point, that's what we us individuals are. There's a lot of we want to know the wrestling business, but when we really get to know the wrestling business, we don't know the first thing about it. Just like us as people, we really want to get to know people, but when we're finally in the thick of things, we're like. Is it really like this? So there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels within with wrestling in real life, which is probably why there are so many wrestling fans out there that can relate to other wrestling fans. And and they always say the biggest marks, biggest marks in the business are the boys. Yeah. That is true. And it's also the people that cover it too. Well, it's not just the people that cover it. You, you have had to have a love for it mm. to want to be a part of it. Yeah. And a lot of people, they lose sight over that. And when they lose sight over it, that's where the egos come in. That's where the politics come in. That's where all that negativity that you hear about and you read about, that's where that comes in. But at the end of the day, if you don't recognize that, hey, we were all just that little kid on the on the watching TV, watching Saturday morning wrestling, or watching Raw, 
and we're just falling into that disbelief. If you don't recognize that, that's when you get lost and the business will eventually lose you. Right. And at the, at the end of the day, that's why I, when I try, I try to think about how grateful I, you know, at least I am and, you know, I'm still in shock, but, you know, I try to be grateful about where I am and, you know, Hey, you know, this, this part of me would be proud that you're, you're at least doing it and you're continuing to do it. And I think a lot of people forget what it's like to be a fan because they're so much into the business and I'm in the business too, but I never forget why I, I love the business to begin with. And I think, you know, there's a lot of parallels between wrestling and, and real life. And they just think that pro wrestling is this kind of make-believe world. Well, hey, everybody's a hero in their own movie. And the wrestling business is just a continuation of the movie. Because no matter what, there have always been those kids in high school or wherever. There's this kid that thinks he's so hot. Oh, oh, he thinks he's Shawn Michaels. Or there's this misunderstood kid. Oh, he thinks he's this guy. Oh, there's, there's oh, these are the freaks. Well, there's, there's people over there. So there's a, there's a step for everybody. But at the end of the day, there's definitely parallels between wrestling and, and real life. You just don't you don't know about it. You don't think about it because that's what you know, that's what you, you do. But at the end of the day, the parallels are too many to mention. Yeah, I think for me, uh, two things is uh, being adaptable and appreciating. Uh, I think with anything that you put your mind to or what you try to go after, you have to appreciate the good and bad days um, and also being adaptable to where is thrown in front of you. Um, I've had uh, people in my life, uh, people that I recently cut out of my life that tried to ruin my mood before recording the show, like a little behind the scenes here. Uh, when I was in Florida, the second week, uh, I got a less, uh, I got a message a stupid long message from a woman that has no purpose in my life anymore. Right as I was about to go on air with Bert Carter recording the show and <laughs> trying to throw me off the mood. And it's always interesting that, you know, this, this person was my best friend, right? And the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. She conveniently knew that I was recording the show live <laughs> and said it right as I was about to record the show because it's trying to get a rise on me. Those are those shit tests and things that get thrown at you. I'm sure you've dealt with this with people trying to ruin your mood before refereeing a match, whether it's backstage or people in your real life trying to knock you down. I, you know, the, it, it's all intertwined. And, yeah. you know, whether it's relationships with flaky women or flaky friends, you know, wherever the situation, people are going to try to throw wrenches and uh, throw things at you. What are you going to do about it? Like I mentioned right. last week, you know, you know, if things doesn't work out, what promotion, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to sit and sulk about it? Or are you going to try to better yourself the next day? You know? And I think, I think the more bigger point I want to uh, hit on is appreciating the grind. You know, I've been doing these transcripts for about seven and a half years now. And uh, I've been very fortunate to say that I can work from home now because I put the work in into doing this. But there's been trials and tribulations. I started at Between the Roads. I was at Russell Zone. I did not have a good ex working experience there, even though I had a lot of – I think that's really how I got my name out there is from there because I, I appreciate the platform, and I got to meet a lot of people along the way. But it wasn't worth me losing my self-respect and not being uh, – Treated properly from a you know just for a work standpoint, and um, 
I think once I knew my value, I was able to really take my my skills to the next level. And that's an ever-growing process when it comes to grinding and doing what you're doing, especially from my end being a, con- a wrestling content creator where uh, I've had this podcast for six years. I've had the transcripts for seven years. Um, I take a lot of pride in what both this show represents and what my my transcripts represent. I'm trying to bring something good to the a good service to the wrestling industry as a whole because I think a lot of us, the people who work in the industry, the people who cover for the industry, and the fans of the industry take it for granted. So for me, just with life, you know, I, I love this. I want to make it better. I'm going to try my best to make myself better as a broadcaster, as a as a transcriber. You know, I, have, I always had my goal of becoming a professional wrestling uh, play-by-play guy. That's always been one of my goals. I always want to be the next Jim Ross. And I'm going in my way, and I think I'm trying to do it the right way by, you know, learning these sequences, art of repetition, going through it days and days. Even for wrestling shows that I don't enjoy, keep going through it. Deal with personal shit at home, keep going through it. You know, if I can't appreciate the bad days or when people are trying to fuck up my mood or trying to get me off my path because it doesn't align with their fucking life and their narrative, that that's the thing. Like, you have to keep hold and grasp of what your purpose is and why you're doing it. And I think that all intertwines with what we have in this life and also wrestling, too. Yeah, You know, Tony, you mentioned about music being a safe haven for me. I think wrestling, you know, even though this is my life's work now, and this is what this is my main line of work, and this is what I do to pay bills and stuff like that. Wrestling will always be the the escape for me because this is what I always had for me whenever I was down in the dumps or when my family was being torn apart or the the you know having my heart fractured a couple years ago. Wrestling's always been there for me to lift myself up and continue to remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, I got myself in a position because I put the fucking work into it. And no matter what anybody tries to do to bring me down or try to get me off the path, I have to maintain what I have within me and what I want. And that that's the biggest thing. And but so no, 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 no. I was, I was saying, you know, it's, you know, when, you know, for me, you know, I, I've, you know, I, I make no bones about, I mean, no bones about the fact of how long I've been, you know, a referee. And the reason why I make no bones about it is because it's, if anybody else had written a script, it was not supposed to happen. Right. And, you know, to, to say that, and I'll be telling people where I'm going to be later on, but the fact of, you know, me doing it for a decade and a half. And I think that, you know, for me, I think I bring something different to the table. You know, it's like, you know, for me, it's like I have I have a, a death sentence because, uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I I'm tall, so I can't be a tall ref. Uh, I can't be a tall referee, and um, you know, I'm I'm a popular referee at least in New England, so I can't have that with me. Um, and I'm authoritative, so God forbid. But, and and there have been places that. It have mistreated uh, me. I, they don't really deserve to be named because they don't deserve my, my energy on that. Um, it, it, but the fact is, you know, I was with a, a place for a, a decade in the last uh, three or four years. Um, it's like I wasn't even 
it's, it's, it's like I wasn't even um, valued to be in the same locker room. I couldn't talk to people. Uh, uh, people didn't want to talk to me. Um, and I see in I saw the writing on the wall. And when the you know and I do and I did so much for them, and I always have, hold a special place for them. But and at the end of the day, I put in more than what I received, and that's fine. And you know the people that continue to be in my corner to this day are, are the people that I uh, that I carry with me to the next step and the next step and the next step. And like you said, it's finding your your worth. If there are people, or in, in my case, there are promotions in your life that do not value you for the work that you've put in, for the effort that you do night in and night out, for the ideas that you contribute, uh, for the quality and the value that you want to put in to a promotion or into your life or into a person for a long period of time, if they're not going to value you, don't diminish your own value by waiting for them to match you because they won't. And at the end of the day, it, it thank, you know, I'll say this, thank God for COVID because I, you know, it, it took COVID and a whole bunch of racial reckoning and a whole bunch of stuff within the last year and a half to get, not really for me to get, but to me, for me to find the value, but like, wait a minute, you know, I've been doing this for how long? And, you know, I've had people, I've had people tell me, which again, they don't deserve to be mentioned, but I've had people tell me that they would ask if I was refereeing their match. And if I wasn't refereeing their match, then they would want to change that or they wouldn't be book working on the show. Yeah. I, I have been told that, oh, we don't want to uh, we don't want to use you uh, for men's matches. We only want to use you for women's matches. Or um, we only, um, or I'm, I, I had an incident uh, at, the, the, at one of my other promotions that I used to work with. I had agreed to work the show because I'd been with them for uh, 10 years. It's a different place, yeah. but I'd been with them for 10 years. And uh, I talked with the promoter, and the promoter booked me for the show and then told me that the board doesn't want me to referee men's matches only women's matches i hope you don't take it the wrong way which how else would you want me to take it yeah and then this same promoter my, one of my best one of my best friends who i used to uh, work with outside of work and I, I spoke with him yesterday over breakfast he he went to the show. We went there separate and he went to the show and the promoter comes up to him and says, Hey, where's Tony? I thought you guys were coming in together. Oh no, we're coming in. We came in separate because you know, he had to work today. So he's coming in on his own car. Oh, but could you message him and tell him that he's not on the show? But then, so then I show up. And I didn't see my buddy until, you know, later on that night. So I show up and 
you don't you go out of your way not to speak to me the whole night one of your one of your referees who had who you wanted to show up uh no showed you so you give me his matches and then when it comes to paying me you don't pay me and you go out of your way not to pay me so then so then we go to a a restaurant and the other referee is like hey go get your go get your money you know, go, go ask him, go get your money. And I said, and I said, let me, I said, let me explain something to you. I'm not going to take any money from anybody who had no intention of giving it to me in the first place and went out of their way not to talk to me and went out of their way to basically for four or five years, m diminish my quality and my value. And I wasn't, I'm still not, I'm not having that anymore. And that's why I, you know, I work with places that, you know, find my value. And at the end of the day, whether it's relationships or wrestling, you've got to find that balance where people appreciate you equally and they want to build you up and they want to hold you in regard and they want to challenge you. And at the same time, you challenge them to do things that maybe you haven't done before. It's equal, equal, give and take 50-50 on both ways. And that's where, and that's where you find your, your worth, uh, not just in the business and in, and in life. And people are going to try to take away your worth simply because they don't have the guts to do it for themselves. So they want to take away everything that you built up for you. And as soon as you keep that power, as soon as you, you keep that power for yourself, that's where everything comes around. It's all, it's all about your self-worth. And are there going to be days where things like, you know, that happen, you're going to be, you know, not 100% up here? Yes. Take those days for you. Take those days where you're going to be, you're going to be, you're going to be a title of a Jeff Jarrett podcast. You're going to be in my world for a bit. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, you're doing it for you and be your own biggest critic, but also be your biggest supporter, too. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up the segment with this. Uh, talk about maintaining purpose. Kind of, uh, kind of interesting with, with the last question that we got from uh, Nate. Yeah. Um, I think for me, maintaining your purpose comes into um, two, two different things. One, I think most importantly, for at least from my point of view, is not tolerating disrespect. Yeah. If you have a purpose, nobody throws you off of that for any reason. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's family members. I don't care if it's relationships. I don't care about if it's friends, whatever the situation is. Do it for you. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're the reason why you're where you are right now. Nobody else. Good or bad, remember that too. If you're in a rut, you put yourself in that position. Don't look for handouts. Don't blame people. Don't try to feel sorry for yourself. Get get off your ass and do something about it. I think what I realized over the last couple of years is that I took myself for granted because I was outside of everything with the wrestling and stuff I do. Personally, I was trying to continue to rectify a friendship because. 
like you're saying, when you have a relationship with someone, you go, you're 50-50. You try to uplift that person. This is a person that you helped out during a really rough period of, of their life. And you have that bond and that connection with them. And you to to want to help them grow. And you try to, to be their friend. Even though they hurt. This is the same person that hurt me. I try to show my character by being the bigger person and trying to be that friend. But whenever I let my guard down and try to express my worth or, or just trying to be, you know, letting my guard down being vulnerable, I have to be thrown back with the root of the pain that I went through. Right. Where that person doesn't yeah. understand the pain I went through. Right. And guilt tripped me for not being a friend when we're not, I'm not going to rehash all this shit, but yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think going back to the purpose thing is that I know what I want and I'm going to go get it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have, and then here's the biggest thing I don't have to explain why. Nope. Why I'm doing it. I nope. don't. You know, this is what I want to do. I'm having a good time. I honestly, guys, for those listening and watching this, I, for me personally, and I talked about this with Tony because he's been there. Uh, for me through this entire situation that I've been going through outside the, the wrestling stuff. And I really thank him for being that like person I could go to to go about this because sometimes in situations where you start questioning yourself and maybe sometimes you may feel like you're being delusional about a situation or whatever. You know, Tony was there to uh, he was understand where I was coming from with the situation and we had a deep conversation about it. But as that went on and when I was in Florida, I really took time to think about a couple of things and I had to remind myself that like, okay, one, I'm not going to allow another person in my life to waste my time or get me off my person, uh, off my purpose. Those are the two main things that ring off the top of my head right as I got back into playing in Chicago. You know, last week I told the story about how, like, when I got rejected, I was, like, break down the plane. I, I, I'm i not saying this for bravado or whatever. I did not share one tear. You know what was on my mind when I came back to the city? I got to get back to work. And I continue to take my shit to the next level. Because I lost my focus. My focus should have continued to be on me. I got my own apartment. I'm having fun with my career. That's where my focus is. That's where it needs to be. It's not on lust. It's not on relationships anymore. It's not trying to trying to define what a relationship is with, with a woman who's fucking 33 years old who can't figure it out for herself. You know, it, it honestly, for me, I'm just responsibility in my life and taking control of my actions and I'm living my life on my own terms. I always say it on the show, folks. Be the authentic product that is yourself and dictate the pace of your life. And that's what I'm doing. I'm here. I'm continuing to grind. I did like, I don't know, like six or seven transfers already this week before the podcast today. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I'm, I'm having a good time. So maintaining purpose is trusting yourself. Who cares what people say or think about what you do in your career? Why are you doing this? Blah, 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 blah. They don't need to know. No. Nope. They don't need to know. Nope. Also, you cannot, I can't stress this enough, you cannot tolerate disrespect from anybody. If you know your value, if you know who you are, you don't disrespect yourself by 
you know, having people disrespect you. Nobody, they nobody defines you. They don't have the yeah, nobody defines you, and nobody has the right to dictate how you're supposed to go about your life. Exactly. Especially when they have no self-awareness whatsoever. You can't how can I have somebody that has no self-awareness tell you what you need to do specifically? Yep. If you have no self-respect. If you have no self-respect, we, we can't we can't expect you to give respect to others if you have no self-respect. Exactly. So make especially when it comes to what you want to do with your career, continue to grind. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the good days, appreciate the bad days, and learn from them more than anything. Yeah. Tony, I want you to cue this up. Uh, ho, 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 ho. when it comes to maintaining purpose, you have to understand when it's time to say goodbye. And <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. it's really good. <laughs> Sorry, kids. We don't, I don't own the audio here, but I definitely own the video. And uh, where are we at? Here we go. You got it? Yep. All right. So it comes to, but don't play it yet. I got to pull this up here. Yep. So, there you it, go. When it comes to maintaining your purpose and keeping on your grind and getting your manhood back. And not tolerate disrespect from anybody. This is my salute to you. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Go with and you know what? Go with the people that lift you up. Go with the people that lift you up, that support you, that protect you, and encourage you to be. A better version of you. Period. All right, folks, we're gonna go to our next segment here in the podcast. A little recap over what happened this week in WWE. Uh, Tony, uh, I don't know what shows you've been able to watch this week. Uh, what what has stood out for you, good or bad or indifferent, uh, from Raw or SmackDown this week? I, for for Raw and SmackDown so far, first of all, let's go to the A show because. We all know the story. It's the story of the man that we all acknowledge, and if you don't, you should. Yeah. The evolution of the tribal chief, because Roman Reigns is continuing to prove that he has no equals, and with also no equals, he also has no challengers. Correct. Except, except one. And Edge has now come back. We are, and we have now have the match with uh, Edge and Roman for Money in the Bank, which is audibly pissed off Seth Rollins mm-hmm. because uh, Seth Rollins wants the shot at the Universal Championship, which I think, at least with Seth Rollins, I think with the interview on Talking Smack, <laughs> drip doesn't matter when it comes to championship belts. Correct. <laughs> and and uh, you can have you can have all the ill clothes and all the nice threads, and you can have all that. But uh, what you like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But when it comes to when it comes to building your story of Seth Rollins, your legacy, it's all about holding up a championship belt and being a champion and being a long-standing champion at that. And I definitely want to see. I can't wait to see how that match goes at Money in the Bank and how, if and or how. Uh, Seth Rollins plays into this. 
Um, I like the uh, Bianca Belair, like you said. Uh, I think she's carrying herself well as SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, I like the Money in the Bank, not Money in the Bank, the Hell in a Cell match that she had with Bailey. I thought it over-delivered because um, we, we've seen Bailey in the Hell in a Cell. We haven't seen Bianca in the Hell in a Cell. So I like, I like this Hell in a Cell more than the one she had with uh, Sasha last year. Because it with, with, with Bailey and Sasha, you already know the familiarity. There's barely any familiarity with Bailey and Bianca. Yeah. So that's the whole, you know, when it comes to boxing, they always say styles make fights. Same thing in the UFC. This is one of them. And that's where the chemistry goes. I think Bailey cemented herself as a, oh, she already did, but I think with establishing a new talent, established herself, cemented herself as a main eventer, and it really stamped Bianca's reign as SmackDown Women's Champion now that at least she defeated uh, Bailey in that high-profile uh, marquee match. Um, I still I, I want to see how SmackDown is going to be with fans, same as Raw. I think it's going to be exciting. Um, they did announce, like I said earlier, SmackDown is going to be at Madison Square Garden. Uh, which that's going to be uh, that's going to be definitely something. When it comes to Raw, there's a couple of things that interest me. Obviously, um, in my book, one of the cheapest teachers' notes I've ever seen in my life with uh, with Riddle and Randy Orton. But it's a wrinkle in the story mm -hmm. and that you're paying attention to, and Correct. it may be corny, it may be cheesy, but I like that. I also, you know, I, I want to, I want to see where the Alexa Bliss, Reginald, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, where is that leading to? Where is that coming to an end? And because it's almost, it's almost going to end. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I said it on, I said it on the TVD wrestling. Uh, podcast, and I, I've said that you know Shayna Baszler could be, which she, in my book she was portrayed in NXT, that she was the female version of Taz, and I think that she still could, she still could be that. Um, I just, I think that it's 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 weird. It's like you know Shayna is one of those uh, crossover, I like to call hybrid superstars, where she can excel in more than one one way to do it i know it, it's monday night raw it's three hours it's a, it's a whole different level of character development but i want to see where this alexa bliss thing is going to to end i i, it, I think it's going to run its course primarily soon uh hopefully uh, by SummerSlam. maybe we can get that out of the way and get everybody back on track yeah. Uh, the Riddle and Randy Orton thing, I think that also could be a SummerSlam deal, um, which could tie into Riddle winning money in the bank and Randy Orton completely uh, LHS losing his shit. Uh, and other than that, I like the Kofi Lashley MVP Savior Woods thing. Me too. I think that when you have those kind of talents, and it's weird, go back in history, you know, in 06, Bobby Lashley, you know, 06, oh, oh, probably 07, oh, 06, 07, Bobby Lashley is uh, ECW champion, 
and Kofi's not in WWE yet. Right. And, then, and then Kofi comes into WWE and Lashley is already gone. So Kofi does this whole 10-year thing with, uh, with the exception of Kofi winning the WWE Championship where Kofi is establishing himself and Lashley's not even in the picture. Lashley's in, uh, in the waning days of TNA, beginning of Impact. He's Impact World Champion. He's beaten Drew McIntyre, Drew Galloway at the time. So... But now we have this great story where you have Lashley and MVP and they're taking Kofi, who in, in my book is the, you know, is the leader or, or the, the head person of the New Day, where Kofi is going to a place where we haven't seen him in recently. Right. We're not saying that he can't do it. But he hasn't been that way recently uh, where he can be able to tune into that next gear. And I know that there's a lot of people that don't think, well, because he's, you know, in a power of positivity. There's a power of positivity in being a power of your own and knowing when to channel that. And I think with Kofi getting to that level where, okay, you see what he did to my friend. This is all because of, you know, me challenging for the WWE championship. Now Kofi's at, I think Kofi's at a stage now, at least character development wise, where, Hey, who's to say I can't be WWE champion. I was WWE champion for six months. And all of a sudden eight seconds later and an, and an F five and I lose on the premiere of SmackDown on Fox. And I don't get I have to fight, scratch, and claw for an opportunity to be once again WWE champion. But yet, mm-hmm. how is it that Drew Mac, when 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 they have said we don't do rematch, hello Nate, when they said we don't do immediate rematch clauses anymore, that D Mac and I and I love D Mac, but he's getting three a uh, two or three straight opportunities at the WWE championship. And I think Kofi's at the point where you know what? If I can get one last reign of WWE championship material, I can do it. And I like where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see more of it. What do you think? Well, let me start off with that because I think for me, uh as I look back at the whole week, I think the Kofi MVP segment was my favorite one and the one that stood out the most to me because if you want to build a championship-level fight on a pay-per-view, that's how you get it done. Yeah. With and there's a, there's a difference between a championship match and a championship fight. And there's something about having a championship fight that makes me want to watch it more. And and outside of Sheamus, MVP has really been the MVP for WWE during this uh, pandemic era. You know, I I acknowledge the Tribal Chief and a lot of of that stuff, but he came in, like, during SummerSlam. MVP has been killing it since he came back last year. What he done with Bobby Lashley should not be scoffed at. I think a lot of people hate watch WWE, so they're kind of blinded and they kind of lose a lot of 
substance and context to the stories that have been told or the last year because they're so fixated on waiting on, oh, this happens, oh, that fits my confirmation bias on this feud or this performer or this show and yada, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If you look at Bobby Lashley, don't tell me that they don't uh, take time to plot, plan out long-term story arcs for performers. Bobby Lashley, about a year and a half ago, was doing something with Lana. And look uh, who he is right now. Uh, and I was, if you want you want long term, this is it. Yeah, exactly. So like the back and forth with Kofi and MVP, I thought it was great. Uh, the line MVP had about you know what Brock Lesnar did to Kofi is going to be child's play. I thought that that was no, really that was a good dig. Um, it was a good promo for Kofi too. I, I liked in the beginning part where he was like. Hey, you gotta put some respect to my boy Xavier Woods' name. I thought that was good. Um, good business there. Um, let's see a couple of things that uh, other stuff that stood out. Uh, Tribal Chief, like you said, is a Tribal Chief. Uh, nobody's on his level uh, right now, at least from a belie- uh, believability standpoint. Just what he is right now from a character standpoint. Uh, he, <laughs> I always say that like Charlotte Flair is the measuring stick for the women in WWE. Roman Reigns is the measuring stick in the professional business. Yeah. <laughs> Not just yeah. WWE. Um, I, I was generally happy to see Edge. I did not see that coming. Uh, of course, there would be a possibility of him fighting Edge at SummerSlam or something like that because they still have beef over what happened at WrestleMania. WrestleMania, yeah. But just the way they rolled that out and Paul Heyman cutting another great promo saying there's nobody left, that they're at their wits end, they don't know what to do next. <laughs> and for Edge to come out, I thought that was great. I got to give a shout-out to Pat McAfee because he's been killing it over the last couple of weeks on SmackDown. Uh, Pat McAfee's been a very pleasant and welcome surprise to the broadcast booth. Yeah, his his reaction during the Nakamura uh, King coronation, I thought that was uh, fantastic. There was a couple of really good matches that stood out to me as far as, like, making effective TV matches. I mean, we can see 30, 40 generic indie-style matches to the cows come home. But it really takes a lot for me to have a match that, that grabs me out of my chair while I'm transcribing a match. I don't want to say that I'm fully jaded with the the business through the fact of transcribing these matches all the time, but it really takes a lot for me to get the fan out of me. What John Morrison and Ricochet did on Monday Night Raw this week, and here's the perfect example of people not being bogged down over a finish or what the actual result of the match was. You look at what Ricochet and John Morrison did as an appetizer to what they could do in Money the Bank. The bank, yep. How are we losing here? Right, exactly. <laughs> and look I mean, at also yeah. from an entertainment standpoint. They had their comedic spots where they, uh, Ricochet sprayed Miz with the drip stick and he broke it in half. Uh, Miz has been doing great things for John Morrison on commentary over the last couple of weeks or during these matches. And he's putting them over and stuff like that. I like You can't get better TV matches than that. It's not just, okay, let's have a Ring of Honor or PWG-style match where it's it's Gary's at five minutes and then kicking out each other's finishers for another ten minutes. and it's Which, by the way... You, you can, you can have Ring of Honor matches, but uh, you have to download them through WWE 2K19 uh, and Community Creations, because because uh, my boys are uh, my boys are doing they just they just did a, a Men of Honor pack um, with uh, they just did a, they just did a Men of Honor pack so uh, Aries Homicide, uh, 
Danielson, Kenta, Kevin. Yeah. Don't call him Kevin Owens. Call him Kevin yeah. Steen. But yeah, oh yeah, uh, the, the arenas are good. What's up, Nigel McGinnis in there? Yep. Shots to Nigel. By the way, the best of Nigel. By the way, the best concert team, in my opinion, in wrestling is Nig Andy Shepard and Nigel McGinnis. By the way, if you yes. guys. If you guys have not watched NXT UK, you guys are. You have to watch it. You gotta <laughs> watch it. You have to watch it. Uh, if you haven't saw Ilya Dragunov against Rampage Brown and Joe Coffey from last week, the triple threat match, it was the absolute bar burner. I also have to give a shout out to uh, a friend of the show, uh, referee Chris Sharp, who's been. Yes! Also, I, I was bummed out. I didn't get a chance to meet him. He was actually in Orlando when I was. Down there, uh, he was doing some stuff at the uh, CWC, a couple you, shows there. So that's pretty cool. You should you should have let me know. I had his number. I would have let him know. I, I'll, you know what? I'll get to meet him whenever we get to hang out in person. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out, shout out the package. By the way, shout out the package. Um, but <laughs> no, that, that's his name, package. Um, but in the uh, in the grand scheme of things, it, that like you said, uh, the Joe Mo Ricochet match. Like you said, a, a great appetizer for money in the bank. And it would have been a travesty if one or both of them weren't in the match to begin with. Like if they weren't in the money in the bank ladder match and they put this out. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, now it's like, okay, we have Ricochet and John Morrison. Now they're in the money in the bank ladder match. Mm. Something, and especially with the, with the fact of fans coming back, something big is going to happen with one or both of them. But that was a great appetizer. And that, you know, like you said, you can have, you know, Ring of Honor style. But when it comes to, you know, Monday nights, Thursday nights, especially with WWE, you got to have a little something for everybody. And I thought that that match did wonders for both of them. All right. So we got, for Monday Big, we got Rhea Ripley against Charlotte Flair uh, for the yep. title. We got, um, John Morrison, Ricochet, Matt Riddle, and Drew McIntyre representing Raw. Biggie uh, will be representing SmackDown. We'll find out whether it's Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn tomorrow night. Uh, Got to wonder, maybe try to implement a couple other guys in there that haven't been announced. I don't know if he puts Seth Rollins in. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, th I think Seth Rollins, in my book, I think he just wants a direct line to the Universal Championship. I'll tell you what, since Jay Uso's in his feelings right now, I'll say Jimmy Uso finds a way in the uh, – Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Uso will try to help the family. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, which that would be a great story. I mean, he doesn't have to win the championship, but, you know, the fact of him winning the Money in the Bank ladder match or him almost winning the match – and maybe Roman costs him or his brother, Jay, costs him the money in the bank to protect Roman Reigns, that could work. You want to talk about underrated ladder matches? Let's go back to uh, WrestleMania last year. Kofi Kingston, John Morrison, and Jimmy Uso. In the, tri in the triple threat match for the Tag Team Championship. Yeah, very underrated. Yes. Absolutely underrated. Uh, so... Now, of course, we got Bobby Lashley and Kofi Kingston for the WWE title, and um, Roman Reigns and Edge probably be in the main event show, which rightfully okay. so. That's a, that's a rightful call to close out the show. So yeah, rightfully so.
Yes, so um, <laughs> it, it, I got to tell you, man, it was really cool getting to see Edge's uh, entrance uh, at WrestleMania. It was really, really fucking cool. <laughs> and then also the atmosphere of seeing Roman come out with his new gimmick and stuff like that. I'm really curious to see how it's going to be inside these basketball arenas now. It's right. the stadium, so uh, it's going to be interesting. The tribal chief keeps being the tribal chief. <laughs> but, but, he, but he's doing it his way. And I, I like that. And especially when you have Roman Reigns and Edge, two alpha males going at it. Hopefully one-on-one it stays that way for the WWE uh, Universal Championship. Looking forward to that at Money in the Bank. Oh, by the way, uh, shout-out to Piper Niven. I've been uh, enjoying her uh, trolling stuff at Eva Marie over the last couple of weeks. And also, uh, speaking of NXT UK, uh, today we have – uh, Tyler Bate putting his Heritage Cup championship on the line against Jack Stars, and the main event this week is Jordan Devlin against the A Kid. So that's gonna be a that should be an interesting tilt, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> and and also a big shout out to your new NXT North American champion. Don't yeah. call him, don't call him Shane Strickland anymore, but he's Isaiah Swerve Scott of Hit Row Records. Um. Shocking outcome to their match with uh, with his match with Bronson Reed, but what a start in the last thirty days, five weeks for Hit Row, and they've already got a championship. I love their song, by the way. Uh, by the way, shout out to B from Hit Row, Good Waterfall. Uh, <laughs> also, if you want to know what it feels like to be hit by an NFL player, hear how uh, do- the Dollar King went through the. Uh, <laughs> the plexi class. Oh boy. Oh man. Yeah, buddy. This is a hell of a rough one. NXC Great American Bash is coming up on Tuesday. Uh they did not support for that for well. They got the way against EO Shirai and Zoe Stark for the NC women's tag team titles. Um, we have MSK against uh Tommaso Champa and Toothless Timmy uh for the tag team titles. Uh we got uh, L.A. Knight, L.A. Knight, as uh, Wayne Barrett would say, against Campbell Grimes. Campbell Grimes. They have a million. I love this. They're having a million dollar championship match, and if Cramon Grimes loses, he has to become a butler for L.A. Knight. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you you must be you must be the Virgil to the new million dollar man. Correct. And then we have Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Um, I think it's probably a good possibility that Adam Cole is probably going to be showed up on Raw or SmackDown uh, following SummerSlam this year. So we'll have to see what goes down. But, uh, absolutely. And especially with when it comes to NXT, I'm really intrigued of the tag team with uh, Jake Atlas and Mercedes Martinez <laughs> because I, you know, I definitely want, like, I'm just, I, I've always been a fan of Mercedes Martinez. So the fact that, you know, she's in, you know, they had, you know, a mixed tag team match with uh, Boa and Zia Lee. So, but I'm, I'm just, I'm intrigued. I like how NXT, NXT UK is like WWF superstars from back in the day where you get all this, act, we get all this action in one hour. And, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's good because now you have all these cast of characters and you can, like we talked about earlier on, you, you know, everybody has a purpose and you kind of know what everybody's mission is. 
I'm just really, I'm just really excited, and I can't wait for the NC UK crowds. Yeah, hopefully GYV finds a way back to uh, back to the UK, and we get the if you hate Gibson shoes off. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> Zach Gibson number one. Liverpool's number Liverpool's number one. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're about to get to our main event segment of the Who's Podcast. <laughs> here we here we go. <laughs> uh, this is the first time for Tony being part of this extravaganza, and so I'm curious to see what he has to say. Uh, but as always, precaution for those who are uh, over. Let, I, let let me do this. Let let me let me do this, Ross. Let All right, go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, in the words of Brother Carter, parental discretion is advised, and this segment is completely effing ignored. Because this segment, the most controversial segment probably in the history of pro wrestling podcasting, is for a certain company who has all elite in the title and may not be elite at all at times. What we say here on the Who's Podcast is completely 100% satire yet legitimate. And what we also say here on the Hoots podcast is not directed simply towards this promotion, but can also be said about any other wrestling promotion at any time. Therefore, for your listening and or viewing pleasure, we now bring to you the number one, but first, hit it, Lord Alfred. Oh, I gotta hold that off for next week. <laughs> I didn't even download it yet. <laughs> well, you you had you had time to download it. Uh, <laughs> Hang, oh, you know what? Hang on a second. Let let me do this. We're not we're not doing this next week. We're doing this now. <laughs> you you had a chance to download it and you didn't do it. I I thought I thought I thought Matt McLukewarm was not here. Uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Without any further ado, we now bring you an audio form. Hit it, Lord Alfred. Ah, uh, it's too low. Why is it low then? I can't hear the audio. Let me just play the song. All right, play the song then, folks. It's time for what the hell is on eight? We're gonna start this off in a three. Two, one. Play it. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Uh, man, it's music to my ears every time I hear this. All right. Please sure don't. Welcome to the most controversial segment in Pro Wrestling Podcast, as Mr. Referee Tony S. dubbed. Uh, I always ask this as we get into the segment, what isn't wrong with AEW? Oh, God. Okay. Come on. Here we go. It's going to be great. <laughs> let, let me let me sit back here. All right. I, I want to read this off from um, what I had on the rundown sheet here. And I'm going to start off with this, okay? So we had Kenny Olivier in the ring uh, last night with Tony Schiavone. 
By the way, whoever thought in their right mind they wanted to rip off semi-pro mustaches, you know, the semi-pro movie with Will Ferrell, uh, whoever thought that was a good idea for the, the Glee Bucks and Kenny Olivia yesterday needs to go the fuck home and stay the fuck home because they looked absolutely ridiculous last night. I, I don't know if they were trying to rip off Ringo Starr, but if Ringo Starr saw that beard, he would probably be shaking his head. He, he, probably, he's probably doing more than that. Yeah, <laughs> not as much as I was doing it last night. But yeah, right. uh, let's start off with this. I'll get to the Kenny segment later on. But if I never have to hear the Ayatollah of the Rona on commentary again, I'll be a happy person. Him streaking and doing his attempt of Bobby, uh, Bobby Heenan or Jesse Ventura last night was Ear piercing. It made my ears bleed during the show, to be honest with you. And it was even worse the second time watch. By the way, I'm the person that hates AW. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what? I watched AW Dynamite twice on one night. <laughs> I watched it to write out the outline of the transcript, then do it right after the show's over. You should so get an I, award for that. Yeah, I should get a fucking Nobel Peace Prize for how <laughs> yeah, right. I sit through AEW content. I so, thought I thought Jericho was recording his next Fozzie album. He was screaming so much. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it was rough, man. I, it's bad enough they got the booth that they already have right now. Uh, it's like, okay, Tony Schiavone's got to kiss everybody's ass. Nobody can disagree with JR because JR's uptight. He's not doing commentary. He's doing a watch along of AEW said doing play-by-play. Excalibur is Excalibur. We don't need to address that further. Uh, it, it, it's just, again, I, I continue to watch the show every single week, and it's like, one, what is elite? Two, why am I, why am I doing this to myself? And three, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I hear the stuff that Jim Cornette um, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that the question that you asked yourself, "Why am I doing this to myself?" was actually asked second. <laughs> like, 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 like you actually, you, you, you actually. Like, All right, well, this is actually great. Wait a minute, what? Like, <laughs> this, Mister, I need more self-respect. Like, uh. <laughs> uh. This oh, so, all started off with the Dweeb Bucks, as I like to refer to them, against uh, Eddie Kingston and Pentagon Jr. Same old, same old, gazillion spots all over the place. Rick Knox can't tell where his eyesight is supposed to be at any time of the match. Uh, you know, it's like one thing to do, spots behind the referee's back, but blatantly trying to pretend that he's not seeing what's going on is also kind of off-putting, especially when I find that out or the transcript. I mean, hey, you know, the you know the, the, the old Shane McMahon nursery rhyme, which way did he go, lives. So, you know, I mean, it, I mean, tag matches are hard enough as it is. The, the only – tag matches are hard enough as it is to, to referee anyway. It's probably a good 25% harder to referee than any other regular singles match. Well, here's the thing. It's not just from a referee thing. It's for me, it's like you can't differentiate one Young Bucks match to another, whether they're heels or babyface. They do the same shit all the time. I can't separate one Young Bucks match from another. I don't care if they have fucking stupid-ass bandanas or Nick Jackson has a nose ring or pie-faced Buck has uh, trying to act like he's a tough guy. And what's with Nick Jackson trying to be the macho man all the time? He's doing this fucking finger thing all the time. I'm like, 
what is going on here? And I, I watched this, and it's like Cornette says this all the time. They're goddamn cosplayers. God damn it, motherfucker. Cosplaying and fucking ripping off the shit. And <laughs> it's like, I can't take the up up seriously. Tony, I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't suspend it. Uh Oh, no, 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 Josh. You see, this is, you know, I, I don't think you remember what this segment is. This is called What the Hell is Wrong with AEW, right? So you're supposed to actually tell the truth. God forbid we're expecting you to lie in this segment. Right. And here's the sucky part, because I actually enjoy Eddie Kingston and Pentagon Jr. as performers. I don't mind them as tag team. Shocker, ladies and gentlemen, there's a revelation. There's some stuff from AEW I do like. There's some performance on this promotion I do like. Wow. But... Again, it's it's so ridiculous. It's a fucking carnival sometimes watching this show. And it's it, let's go to the Eddie Kingston promo that everybody's talking about last week. I continue to say this over and over again. You are not going to be an alternative promotion when you have the other promotions living rent-free inside your head. I'm just going to say that right now. You had an awesome match with Jungle Boy and Kenny Omega, and you decide in Kingston to make it all about WWE. Oh, you're not going to see this match on the other show. You're not going to the, uh, the 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 competition doesn't have the same heart as this roster does. Yeah, as Bully Ray said this week, I busted open. Shut the fuck up and stay in your lane. How about that? And this sucks because I love Eddie Kingston as a performer. I got to see him a lot in AAW here in Chicago. That's where I got first introduced to Eddie Kingston. And he's an awesome performer. But him cutting that promo after last week's Dynamite was freaking ridiculous. And I'm glad I had time to mull this over over the last couple of weeks because over the last couple of weeks we've been having these what the hell AEW segments. And I'm talking about stuff from a show that was done like six days before the last podcast. So I'm like doing this out of the loop and it's throwing me off, man. <laughs> like I'm glad I have this fresh state of mind where I could release all this shit and not have to wait five days later to talk about it. So um yeah, Eddie Kingston and Pentagon Jr. defeated the, the, the Wee Bucks, and they'll have a rematch next week for the tag team titles, which you probably know will how that match will end. Uh, we found out there was an announcement that we're going to have Pockets and Chris Statlander against the Blade and um, and the Candlestick Maker. Uh, that's going to be a mixed tag team match, so that be on the card. We also have a South Beach strap match with uh, Mr. Jeff Jarrett and QT, QT Marshall. I'm sorry, we have to say Marshall. It's not QT Marshall. Uh, so <laughs> Cody's got to get his spotlight. Um, so that's going to happen. Surprised we didn't see anything from Cody last night. By the way, uh, shout out to him and Brandy and the birth of their new baby girl. Liberty, shout out to you guys. Um, see what happens. Oh, we had, a, we had a random cold match on TV with uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry and Jack Evans. Uh, I feel like they've been having Jack Evans on every AEW show since he had that Twitter uh, beef with Lance Storm a couple weeks ago. Like, I've seen him on Dark and Elevation. <laughs> like, I think I've seen Jack Evans three times this weekend. I, one Jack Evans match is good enough for a week's time. Um, so, uh, Jungle Boy got his 50th victory. Who gives a shit? Um, he, he, he won with the snare trap. And then, this is 
Same thing with AW every single week after every match. Okay, somebody wins. Here comes a fucking Pier 6 brawl that we can see from New Japan, and they try to rip that off every single week. So out comes the Hardy family office. Here comes old-ass Christian Cage. How about this is for riveting television that they're not going to rip off the WWE. So Christian Cage, the guy who's the biggest acquisition in the history of AEW, right, comes into the promotion, and he's in a few with Matt fucking Hardy. <laughs> What are we doing here? Well, it'd be nice to have match. It would be nice to have one match and leave that well enough alone. But no, we gotta have fucking afterbirths after every match in this damn show. I I smell. What, what do you say? It goes Christian and Matt Hardy. Yes. <sighs> smell a two thousand episode of SmackDown. That's what I smell. And I, I, I have no problem with, with Christian and Matt Hardy, but I, this is just me. Like, I thought that we're going to be pushing new talent. Yep. That's, that's, I mean, listen, how I think in reality are two different things, obviously. Correct. I mean, it's, but you know what? I mean, let, I mean, if they're doing, you never know. I mean, you could have, you know, Christian and Matt Hardy. Hopefully they're doing things behind the scenes to help the talent. But I know a lot of wrestling fans, they look, you know, what's in front of the camera as important and as, as the only thing. But yeah, it was, I mean, I mean, that's the, that's the only thing for me. It's like, okay, we have a match. Can't we enjoy the match for what it is you know when the bell rings we have a winner stuff like that all of a sudden 50 guys come out and beat the hell out of each other and i'm just like like okay like what if it was a really good match like you know uh jungle boy and kenny omega like what if it was a really good match like you know not only are you stealing the spotlight from your world champion you're you're taking the spotlight from the challenger who's from from this point Hey, he just got cemented. He's a star. But now it's like, all right, Jungle Boy just uh, so close to becoming AEW World Champion. He loses it to Kenny Omega. But what a gallant effort by Jungle Boy. And all of a sudden, wait a minute, here's 58 guys and three factions coming out, beat the hell out of each other. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I'm just like, I thought, I, like, to me, I'm like, so you still expect me to care? I, I want to care about things right here, right now. I want to care about it right here, right now. Give me the opportunity to care right here, right now. If you have faction warfare, that's one thing. But, you know, I mean, hell, you don't see D.O. You never saw D.O.A. and the you know Nation of Domination come in and beat the hell out of Stone Cold, the Undertaker, in the main event. But, you well, know. I feel like when I watch these brawls with AW, I feel like I'm in the middle of, like, a Lord of the Rings video game where it's, like, fucking 10,000, like, Ugly ass motherfuckers that you got to kill at once with a sword and shit. <laughs> Slug away the field. I mean, if you, I mean and here's the thing like, okay, we have this awesome match, and out comes Matt Hardy with his running limp where he can barely get physically into the ring. It's it's so stupid. And then let's look at the other stuff that happened. I think we just broke Tony there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought Mattitude was supposed to be uh, good for you. I, I didn't. 
You know, when, when you when you get a dose of attitude, you're not supposed to have a running limp. Yeah, and then we had here we go. We had a, a promo segment with Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky because we got to continue this thing with Darby Allen and Sting. It's Sting! It's Sting! And we're gonna have, we're gonna delay this coffin match for whatever reason. I I don't know. This is a waste of TV time. Uh, speaking of wasted TV time and segments, how about this? We had Kenny Olivier in the ring getting interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Out comes the Dark Order. Yes, the Dark Order going to come out and try to pitch their case as to why Hangman Page should be the one to go against Kenny Olivier. Kenny Olivier said, like, hey, you know, uh, I can't take a Kenny Olivier promo seriously if my life depended on it. Like, he, he, You're putting a good effort, though. I'll try. I'm trying. I'm yeah. really, really trying. And then Kenny Omega saying, you know, uh, I'm going to take some time off from AW and uh, defense and stuff and other promotions and stuff like that. And then they go in the soliloquy with him and Evo and Pizzerino Uno, and they're going back and forth about <laughs> trying to insinuate that Hangman Page should get the title shot. Like, we haven't been try trying to say that for the last fucking year and a half, that Hangman Page should go after this dude. So, yeah, we're just getting out, and these two will fight probably at All Out and whatever. Like, I, I like Hangman Page, but, again, you're having a promo battle with Kenny Olivier and Pete Rito Uno is not going to get me enticed into a world title feud. I'm sorry. I, I just can't do it. So, Kenny Omega, as AEW world champion, is going to take time off and defend his championship for other promotions. Correct. So in storyline, if that was the case, then what was the point of the whole championship for championship match at Rebellion to begin with? Uh, there wasn't. Right. So you're just going to have him defend, you know, I mean, listen, in my book, the biggest thing that they could have, the biggest mistake in my opinion, because now you technically left Impact without a world champion. Correct. And now not only are you going to leave Impact without a world champion, you're going to take time off, which means your home company, your home base will be left without a world champion. Meaning that when you're gone, the TNT championship will be the main focus as far as a prize in the company. Miro! Which also means that, so what's going to happen? Because the, does that mean that when there's, when the, when the world champion, when the AEW world champion is taking time off, what happens to the uh, world championship rankings? Uh, do those become uh, null and void? Because a champion is now out of action, and since there's no champion, then does, does that mean that that there's no rightful challengers to become the champion? But then again, wait a minute. So what are we gonna do? Is the ranking system gonna? Because people are gonna keep racking up victories. So does that mean that? Uh, no, we have to we have to keep our our rankings intact. So that means on July first, our our number one contender for the AEW World Championship uh, would be, well, look at that. So the number one contender would be Adam Hangman Page. So 
is Kenny taking time off as a way to not defend the title against Adam Hangman Page. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, how are they going to weave that into a believable story for everybody? I don't know. I mean, if we're gonna have a gazillion brawls with the uh, the Dark Order and the Goof Brothers, I I, I, don't, I don't know how we're gonna get there. <laughs> you know, I, I'm sorry. You know, it's, I know the show's called the Hoots Podcast, and we got it from them. But honestly, ever since Anderson and Gals have left WWE, they've been goofs. They've been goofs on Impact. They've been goofs in AEW. So we're going to have this awesome six-man tag. It's going to be the Goof Brothers and Brandon Cutlet against Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Hangman Page on Dark, probably, or Elevation. Who knows? Uh, and, and, folks, by the way, what I said was not negative. It was your Hell, add, add number five and Michael Nakazawa so you can make it an eight-man tag <laughs> at this point, you know? Yeah. Uh, we were basically not that way anyway. So we had Miro. He retained yesterday against uh, Brian Pillman, Pillman Jr. Yep. Uh, I thought the match was pretty decent. You know, uh, here's my positive part of the segment. This is uh, this is my favorite match of the show. No, that, actually, the main event was. But uh, this match I thought was really good. Um, wasn't too much shenanigans. Kind of some sloppy stuff on the outside, but that's par for the course for Mrs. Uh, personality herself. Um, oh boy for this match, uh, but that's nothing new. Um, man, she's really going to really pat herself on the shoulder once these video games come out. She's going to be unbearable, man. She's going to put herself over to the cows come home, man. It's going to be rough. So, uh, But that match I thought was pretty good. Um, all I'm saying is a video game. First of all, I like to say I've never – I have not said one anything – not one thing negative about AEW. Let me just point, point that clear. And number two, that video game better be good. As somebody yeah. who, as somebody who is a, a video game connoisseur of wrestling, that video game better be good. That video, game, that video game better be damn good. Better be elite. Yeah, especially, uh, yeah, yeah, pal. The only, uh, the only thing I'll say about uh, that match because I, you know, I, I like. I'm a big fan of Brian Pillman Jr. And I think. Uh, well, AEW really can't – I mean, they could educate people on Brian Pillman. It's just the fact that they don't have the library to do it. Uh, the only the only thing about Miro is um, I want – I would like a different finishing maneuver for Miro. I think anything that ties him to WWE, I think is – I, I think it would just be better for Miro – with a different, more high impact finishing move, rather than just the the uh, the uh, the camel clutch all the time, I think just something a little bit better than that. Game over. Yeah, <laughs> Tony, I can't take Miro seriously as the TNT champion. I mean, pockets should be the TNT champion right now. Hell, pockets beat Miro in a damn arcade video game match. I, I just can't let that go. So don't go off your stupid wannabe uh, uh, power rankings and your wins and losses because they don't mean shit either. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> um, here, here's a couple other things before we wrap this up. We had uh, 
Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero lose to Britt Baker and Rebel. I put out last night on Twitter that Britt Baker is a it machine, so there's really not much to say there. They're going to fight each other at Fighter Fest. Was what it was. Uh, didn't lose much sleep over it. Um, it looks like Brian Cage will be fighting Ricky Starks uh, at Fighter Fest as well. I, I, I think Taz announced that last night in the backstage segment. Uh, so he said, you know, sometimes with family members, you got to fight sometimes. So, well, I, I think that'll be a pretty good match. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, that match will be for the FTW Championship, in case anybody Go, Ricky Starks. <laughs> um, Tony, uh, before we get to the main event, is there anything from AW last night that you liked or didn't like? Well, anything that I, anything that I said, either I liked or I didn't like, I pretty much already said it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I, it's just little tweaks here and there. I, I, just like WWE, just like any kind of professional wrestling, I, I appreciate it for what it is and what it brings to the table. Um, obviously, you know, I would never, uh, there's things that I would not do and others have done. That's beside the point. Um, but, uh, but you know what? Let's talk about the MAIN event. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about MJF and Sammy Guevara and the, Blatant outside ruining the match interference of Sean Spears, Wardrow, sorry, Wardlow, and Gordon Soley Jr., Chris Jericho. Now, I thought the main, I thought the main event up to that point, I thought was solid up to that point. And then Sean Spears comes out. And then Jericho, who didn't have to leave the broadcast position, leaves the broadcast position, gets himself ambushed by Wardlow in a quarter, okay, half-hearted attempt to throw him off the stage. (laughs) And somehow Jericho gets busted open from that, which nothing led him to get busted open from. That's a different story from another time. And then, in my book, the tombstone off the off the middle rope should have ended it. Correct. Yes. That 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 was just me. I, I mean, you know, granted, you know, Sammy Guevara, he does the the springboard somersault planche into the second row. You know, cool. I got no problem with that. Continued the match. MJF, great crowd engagement, but. The tombstone should have been the end of it. Correct. I, I don't. I don't think that it needed, you know, outside interference. Jericho busted open. I didn't need that. It didn't need a chair shot from Sean Spears. It didn't need that. Um, and also, I did not understand uh, since there was really nothing happening in the ring that would have diverted the referee's attention. Then. It, you know, in my book, because Jericho and Wardlow had nothing to do with the match in the ring. Yeah. So why, why would the official be looking at, why would Wardlow be getting the attention of the referee? Now, if, now, if, now, if Sean Spears, now, if, now, if, if uh, Wardlow and Jericho were ringside, that'd be different. 
or you know something like that. Mm -hmm. And then maybe Sean Spears could do something in the ring with the chair. That's what I thought would have happened different. But the the match was good. But I I wouldn't have done the the ending. I just the ending wasn't needed for that. Yeah. And here's my thing, Tony. Like I I, I like the match layout. I enjoyed yeah. it for the most part. Um, I, I always say that for me, MGF's if you want to pinpoint what's actually elite for this promotion, MGF is that for me. Like you'll stand. I don't care what people say. I and you know, I was thinking, I was thinking during the match, it was a, the match when um, it was during the point where MJF was going to pile drive or powerbomb Sammy Guevara on the floor and Sammy Guevara reversed it into a back body drop. Mm. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, I don't know why, but I was just thinking, I'm like, MJF is so much better on his own. Like, that's what, like, that's what I was, I was like. MJF is his own entity. Like he doesn't, like in my book, like he doesn't need the pinnacle. He doesn't need, you know, FTR. He doesn't need tele. But like MJF is his own deal. Like MJF could carry his own. And, and that's what I was thinking. Like in that spot, I'm like, MJF, you know, by himself could do it. Um, let me go back to the match real quick. I think um I, I like the Avalanche tombstone. I thought that was cool. I do agree that should be it. Uh, I think they try to overcompensate sometimes with the false finishes sometimes. Um, again, commentary really was almost got to the point where it ruined the match for me, just the screaming and JR trying to fit his lines in, started him trying to do play-by-play. -play. Um, the Spanish fly that Sammy Guevara did was pretty nice. Um, but, again, it's, it's, it's like – I can, I'm not really surprised when we have these weird and odd finishes with referees being distracted because, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, WWE wrestlers always get distracted and, and they lose by roll-ups. But what's to say that every match in AEW has to end with a distracting ref that leads into a finish? Every match. And then you hear Bryce Redford screeching at the top of his lungs. <laughs> like, I, I can't even do a damn Bryce Redford impression because that's how loud the dude fucking yells. <laughs> And like you said, how how is it that Wardlow is getting <laughs> Redford's attention that much? So let me add on to this. If Chris Jericho is going to be acting like a little six-year-old girl over Shotzi Blackheart laughing at his My Pillow fall from the Blood and Guts match, I wonder what he's going to feel this week for the fucking fall he tumbled to the floor and he suddenly got busted open with. That's um, what it makes sense to me. Like, and by the way, uh, Mr. Rick Moranis, Mr. Tony Khan, I did not forget about you this week. The fact that you had a passive-aggressive attitude towards Bully Ray, who was bringing up valid criticism by your promotion, and you couldn't even have a conversation about it without acting butthurt about it, mm. it's just a bad look on you, my man. I'll just, just throw that out there as well. Uh, but NGF did win with help from the pinnacle. There's going to be a six-man tag. I forgot to mention this earlier. Whoever thinks that Jake Hager should cut promos during a show is just an idiot. Uh, let's throw that out there. But, you know, there's a couple of things I did. Oh, check this out. What happened? So we have – okay, so this is what we got. So we, like you said, we have the the Welcome to Miami, a.k.a. South Beach Strap Match with uh, Cody Rose with Arn Anderson against QT Marshall with Aaron Solo and Nick Camarotto. Say that five times fast. Uh, like you said, six-man tag. Uh, Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz with Conan. 
yeah. against uh, the pinnacle, Wardlow and FTR with Tully Blanchard. Andrade against Matt Seidel. Jericho and MJF in a face-to-face standoff. Yes. And like, and as you said, Statlander and Orange Cassidy against the Bunny and the Blade. And that's for Road Rager. AW Road Rager, Cody Rhodes, and QT Marshall. Which he's all which to be honest, with, with you listening to or watching Ring of Honor, he has always been QT Marshall. 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 Yes. Uh, by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if that match is the main event, knowing knowing that they're back in the road. Up, uh, you know, Cody's got to be in the main event, probably. So <laughs> that's probably the main event of that show. I, I I was like, because I was like, <laughs> I, like for me, I'm like, you call him Jeff Jarrett. I'm like, how dare you disrespect the King of the Mountain? I like Jeff Jarrett. I just, <laughs> just saying. It, it, I was gonna say, I'm like, how dare you go ahead and disrespect J E double F J E double R E double T like that. All right, before we wrap up, what the hell is wrong with AW this week? I do have to mention the elephant in the room, and I'm not talking about myself. Um, we had to talk about what happened with JR at the end of the show. So we, oh, had, yeah. we had the video package uh, reminiscing the 15 months that AW spent at Daily's Place during this pandemic. It was really cool. I got a little choke up with the program and stuff. I thought that was really good. Uh, and then JR <laughs> closing line to this. Uh, farewell salute, if you will, to Jacksonville and Daly's places. There's no place to be for a live event than WWE Dynamite. <laughs> and look, for those who are listening, I'm not going to come on here and tell you that Jared needs to lose his job right. or stop doing commentary. Mistakes happen. Shit happens. I, I'm I'm a Puerto Rican. I slip up. I have dyslexia. I make mistakes all the time on here. Like I'm not gonna come in here and begrudge anybody. Right. What the first thing that came off the top of my head when I heard that was like, man, that's gonna be a rough night for him on Twitter. And then the second thing, and I did put this out on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this or not. <laughs> it reminded me of the French show where. Ross is getting married to Emily. They're in London, I think, one season, right? And it's like they're doing their vows. He's like, I take the Rachel <laughs> instead of Emily. <laughs> right. Out the top yeah. of it. Like, what yeah. the Yeah. Uh-huh. Rough, man. WWE Dynamite. I mean, they should call it WWE Dynamite. It's a hell of, it's a, hell of a show. Yeah, I mean, WWE lives rent-free. That I'm sure that's the only thing they talk about backstage while they set up these matches and storylines. So. I, I, I said it I said it <laughs> off-air, and I'll say it again. That's a hell of a show. I just want to know what kind of network they're going to put it on, whether it's uh, My Network TV or the CW or UPN or whatever kind of show they're going to put it on. <laughs> or, you're you're going to put it on Univision Channel 27, the Spanish channel, like ECW used to do in the 2000s, and put it on at 1.30 in the morning? Yeah, how about Spike TV? <laughs> hey, hey, man, put hey, put it on, put it on Spike. Uh, put it on. Uh, hell, you know what? You can put it on USA. Just be sure to preempt it twice or three times a year for that Westminster Dog Show. Just yeah. make sure you make sure you do it there. But you know what? Like I said, you know, it's always a rough night when people mess up. You know, I've messed up. Everybody's messed up. You know, when it's, it's weird. Like when you do something, and you know about this. When you do something right, nobody will credit you on that. But when yeah. you do something, when you do something wrong, you know it's the end of the world as we know it. And you know that's happened to me. But you know what? At the end of the day, hey, you know what? And I, I wish that you know 
you know, pro wrestling people would just, you know, ease up on people messing up like that. You know, I mean, hey, let's see, you know, WWE Dynamite, you know, I'm sure you were thinking it before he even said it, number one. And, and number two, at the end of the day, you know what? You know, it, it wouldn't be a pretty sight if, you know, we all went to social media to glorify everybody else's mistakes, as little or big as it may be. Correct. So, you know, that's, you know, that's why, you know, I don't go on and, and uh, I don't go on Twitter and, and, and glorify somebody's mistakes or when a referee, you know, doesn't count three when they should have counted three because that's happened with, to me or, you know, when a referee has, you know, over oversold when they shouldn't have sold at all. Like that's happened to me in the beginning. So I'm not going to go ahead and, and, and blast people for that. But hey, you know, things happen. It's called the wrestling business. It's not the perfection business. And it, the, the sucky thing is the timing of it. You know, you're yeah. like your show rise, you're going back and road. Hey, come see WWE Dynamite. It's, and it's, and it's, and it's the last and it's the last thing that people hear before they, you know, either either AEW fans watching for the first time or <clears throat> it's the last thing that they see before they go off air. And, right. it's just like, and it's just like, really? We have a we have a you, like really like people go on Twitter. They did it. They bought them. Like. You know, it's like, yeah. Is this March 26 again? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, Shane? Is Shane going to come out here? Like, like, you know, it's like, all of a sudden, like, I mean, we are, in, we are in Florida, and they're in Jacksonville. It was at Panama City Beach. So, you know, the, the little connection, you know, connection there, the sets kind of, the you know, little, the video and stuff like that, you know, I mean. Uh, you know, I mean, Sting was at the last Nitro, so you know the, the jerk. You know, hey, you know, similarities. I mean, oh man, I'm gonna get in trouble with this. <laughs> well, I mean, you're in Florida. You're about to have some mental slip ups. You know, hey, <laughs> you know, yeah. hey. Uh, really quick. Uh, I, I love I love Jr. Jr. is the reason he I, I got into this in the first place. I said earlier in the show Jr. is the reason why I wanted to be a wrestling concert. I'm not going to come on here and shit on the guy. No, uh, no reason. Situation, but on that note, we are going to put a ribbon on the bow for this week's edition of What the Hell's Wrong with AEW. This has been What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. Paid for by the Wrestling and Circulation and Fightful.com. Okay. <laughs> there better be some kind of service with that. Yes. Don Ross that. Yes. Yeah. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys so much for hanging with us today. A fun edition, a little longer edition of the show, but we had a fun, fun time nonetheless. Um, I want to make sure to uh, express my thanks to Tony for coming out and hanging out with me in the co-host position this week. I appreciate you, brother. Where can people find you on uh, social media, my man? Well, let's see. I'll make this uh, short. Sweet. You can follow me. On Twitter, on Instagram, at Referee Tony S. Facebook as well. There's only one. And if there's any other ones that want to be Referee Tony S., please report them because uh, there's only one. And that is me. Uh, you can, for a serious booking inquiries, uh, you can email me at, uh, whether it's uh, podcast interviews or professional wrestling referee inquiries, uh, you can email me at referee Tony S. at gmail.com. Uh, 
I do co-host uh, the TBD Wrestling Podcast whenever Matt McCool feels like it, when he's not uh, corporate enough. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, we will be uh, returning uh, very soon. Uh, looking forward to getting back in the podcast game, wherever it may be. Uh, show dates. Hello. Uh, show dates. I have it here on my screen. I uh, just did a live event with Atlantic Pro Wrestling up in Massachusetts. We, they just had their first uh, live event on Fight. Uh, they're going to be coming back uh, on Fight uh, with Summer Dreams on the 24th of July, uh, three weeks from this Saturday. I will not be there, but I want to plug them anyway. Um, you can check them out at Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Uh, dot com anybody in the mass area or uh, you can check them out for tickets or you can check them out on fight for 1299 uh by next live events uh one week from tomorrow i will be at lucky pro wrestling for reignited in hudson massachusetts uh luckyprowrestling.com there's still a few tickets left uh, we're going to have Alicia Edwards from Impact Wrestling, Homicide, sorry, not Homicide, I wish, uh, Hernandez from Impact Wrestling, and they're going to be there, uh, as well as uh, New England's uh, top talent. Uh, I'm going to be there, but I don't necessarily define myself as top talent. That's Christian Casanova or Carmelo Hayes. Uh, you can check uh, them out at uh, LuckyProWrestling.com July 9th for Reignited. I will also be uh, from the 22nd to the 25th of July, in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. I'll also be at The Gathering 2. It's going to be a uh, wrestling convention, uh, three or four days uh, wrestling convention down at the Charlotte uh, area near the Hilton Hotel. Uh, there's going to be uh, meet and greet, super tickets, Q&A session, barbecue, a whole bunch of events down there uh, for you to check that, check that out if you're in the Charlotte area. That uh, is the 22nd through the 25th. Uh, I will be there as part of the staff. I'm hoping to uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink on the live events as well, considering that I did the artwork for it. Um, they just added uh, Rachel Ellering. She's going to be there. A lot of 80s talent, but also a lot of current talents, too. Rachel Ellering is going to be there. Yeah. Uh, they just uh, they just announced within the past week that uh, Camille is going to uh, be yeah. there to, to uh, defend her. Uh, NWA Women's Championship there, and they also uh, have Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch for the NWA World Title. That's going to be there as well at the gathering. You can check them out. Uh, uh, autograph, meet and greet, barbecue. Uh, Eric Bischoff, Ted DiBiase, Mick Foley, uh, a lot of 80s, 90s, current towns, Hall of Fame is going to be there. You can definitely check them out. Mick Foley just got added. So check them out at tmarkpromotions.com if you want to get your tickets or learn uh, more about it. Uh, May 3rd, uh, sorry, not May 31st, July 31st. Uh, thanks to uh, the ECWA, I will be part of the uh, ECWA Women's Super 8 Tournament uh, on July 31st. Um, so... Uh, Ashley Dan Boys, who you saw in AEW, Tino San Antonio, Gabby Ortiz, uh, Erica Lee, uh, eight of the top women's wrestlers. Uh, they're going to compete in tournament format. There's also going to be a triple threat match for the ECWA Heavyweight Championship. And they just made an announcement that the winner of the, uh, if you follow IWTV, the winner of the IWTV, the Independent Wrestling Championship match between Willow Nightingale and Wheeler Utah, because Willow Utah is a champion. Whoever wins that match will face the winner of the Men's Super 8, Killian McMurphy, for the Independent Wrestling Championship at the Super 8. So there's going to be eight, if not nine, matches there. Myself, 
And uh, ECW's John Finnegan will be there calling the action. So you can check them out uh, at ecwawrestling.com. That will be streamed on independent wrestling television. Uh, you can check them out as well. But uh, for more information, um, check out the respective promotions. Uh, more booking inquiries, like I said, referee.tonyas at uh, gmail.com. And serious inquiries, please. I do appreciate that. Um, but I'll be definitely doing more and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, every one of you out at live events in the future. And more importantly, uh, definitely a pleasure to be here in the A-hole chair uh, for the uh, for the Hoots podcast. Definitely a pleasure to be here and uh, looking forward to doing uh, more of these. And uh, don't worry, Brother Carter, I won't be doing this forever. I appreciate you, brother, man. It's been a blast today, man. I really do. Folks, make sure to book this man. He's fucking good at what he does, and he deserves to be on all and, platforms. And, and, and by the way, shout out. Here, one little shout out here. Uh, shout out to a young kid, young guy who I've you know I've had the pleasure to work with. Um, I just started working for APW. You got a lot of good talent. So Lucky Pro as well. Um, but I, I like to work with the talents that you know maybe are in the area for like a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. And uh, definitely check out uh, Landon Hale. Um, I actually worked with him for the first time, met him for the first time. So definitely check him out. There's a lot of talents just, you know, in general. But, uh, you know, whether it's your own local promotion or other promotions, uh, definitely support them. Go out to see them. And uh, if you are interested in uh, booking a referee, uh, who, in uh, my opinion, uh, is the uh, one of the best in the business, uh, then uh, reach out to me. So uh, there you go. <laughs> but but, def but definitely a pleasure to to be here to, to do this and looking forward to, to doing uh, more of it, and I greatly appreciate it. Uh, folks, you can follow me at Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. Make sure to um, spam Twitter and, you know, let's get this hashtag free to whose box go. Yeah, seriously. It's, it's ridiculous. I should be not be suspended for five months or something. I did do wrong. Um, <laughs> make sure to follow me on Instagram at joshlopez94 at Lopez Music. If you want to see me do guitar covers and bookmark pro transcripts.com. Uh, I don't think I have any shows to cover this weekend. Uh, I do, I don't, I, I do have a new Japan show to do in the morning. Um, but besides that, you know, make sure to check out all the articles that I am doing and, um, you know, the world of professional wrestling doesn't stop. You know, MLW is going to come back uh, to work uh, next week uh, in Philadelphia for their TV taping. So I'll be um, excited for that as well. And um, Slammiversary is around the corner, money in the bank. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. So make sure to enjoy the business for what it is right now. Um, so for Mr. Referee Tony S., I'm the Nefarious Brother Adam. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 264 of the Hoots Podcast. Remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, you dictate the pace of your life, nobody else. For Tony, I'm Joshi. We'll talk to you later. Peace.